If you're looking for the best horror, thriller, sci-fi and WTF audio fiction this side of the apocalypse, then you should listen to The Other Stories. With over 500 stories on the podcast feed already and news stories dropping every single Monday morning, The Other Stories is your new best friend. Check out The Other Stories today on any and all podcast platforms or head to theotherstories.net. After all, these aren't the stories your mother used to tell you. These are The Other Stories. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Welcome to The Horror Hangout, a podcast where film fans watch the best and worst horror movies of all time and talk about them. My name is Ben Errington and I'm joined by regular co-host, Mr. Andy Conjurit-Turner. Hello, Ben. And indeed, Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you and Happy New Year to everybody who's listening, whether it's January 2023 or whether you're listening to this in the far gone future. Maybe you found this podcast on some sort of audio device as you're perusing an open world post-apocalyptic landscape and you're collecting all the lore you can uh, to fill in the blanks. We've got no answers, unfortunately. We don't know why the world's ended. But It's just some benign pop culture chat. But you will know very shortly <laughs> what some of our film experiences were like in the year of 2022. So a little time capsule. Maybe that'll have some important clues. I'd continue to listen anyway. Anyway, we should probably speak more to our more than one distant future listener and all the ones that are here currently. For everyone else listening, welcome to our welcome. big review of the year. We're going to be talking our favourites, our not-so-favourites, uh, some honourable mentions, some first-time watches, all sorts. If you've listened to A Year in Review... The World of Horror. Before, if yeah, if you listen to uh, a year in review on this podcast before, it's the same sort of stuff. We do top top. Well, I think we're doing a top ten this time. Last time we did top five. We could do a top ten. Honorable mentions. We're not mean, and we don't do a worst films of the year. But we've got some disappointments to discuss. Uh, so yeah, it should be fun. And as Andy said, a little time capsule. I'm still talking to that person in the future. I don't know why I'm obsessed with that. Did you ever? <laughs> did you ever put anything in a time capsule, Andy? Oh. If I did, I've forgotten. I think I may have. My mom loves buying a thing. I think we may. She may have bought some time capsules that we've considered putting stuff in, and we've taken like the pencils and the paper out. I think my mom is more keen on buying stuff than my dad was keen on digging holes in the garden. So I don't think any of it's actually buried. 
It's just in a cupboard somewhere in the yeah, loft. Yeah, exa- exactly. What would what would you put in there if when you were a kid? Some pogs, some football stickers, panini football stickers, maybe a baby teeth, so you could be brought back. <laughs> a, a bottle of Sunny Delight. Yeah, because you can't can't get it anywhere these days. Yeah, no. that'd be ever, ever so handy. Um, yeah, you know, just all, all of your greatest treasures as a kid, I guess. You think of it like a, you know, the future. I can imagine in the old, the olden days, people digging up Pharaoh's tombs, all these wonderful treasures. Archaeologists of the future got some right old shit to dig up. They'll dig up uh, Nokia 3310. It'll have 49% battery. Yep. Uh, <laughs> and they'll be able to play Snake for the rest of time. Oh, this game. No wonder they all died out. How do you get anything else done? You wouldn't, exactly. Um, what would you put in a horror time capsule? What could you put in a horror time capsule? I suppose, if you, even if you put VHS in the 80s, you'd dig it up now and it would be... Perished. It. <laughs> it would be perished, actually. That's true. Um, unless it's in a, a, a airtight... Yeah, an airtight container. Assuming that storage is not an option, I think I would put some container with some lovely John Carpenter music on there. Mm-hmm. Some 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 of that stuff. Um, what films would I put on there? Like a bit, a bit of a cross section, maybe the contents of this episode. There's a little 2022 time capsule. Put the very contents of this episode in there. Put a thermos of uh, some sort of horror goo in there. What's a famous horror goo? Oh, the uh, Ghostbusters oh, the, slime. <laughs> the Ghostbusters slime that makes you angry. <laughs> yeah, some of that. Oh, I'm fuming. In case you need to. Slime. Guess you need to bring a Statue of Liberty to life in the future. That'll come in handy. Doesn't the goo end up making everyone fall in love with each other though? Yeah, because they make they get well, they get positively charged slime where they yeah, just right. say lovely stuff to it. It makes the toaster bounce around. Yeah, good time. I was going to say maybe some pea soup that was used as Regan's vomit. Um, yeah, a bit of that in, in The Exorcist. Yeah, exactly. Um, okay. So we're still going to do some of the regular standard bits of this episode, maybe not as as thorough with some of them, especially what we've been watching, because a lot of that stuff's going to appear on the films we discussed today. Uh, but I've got some horror news for this week, Andy Conduit Turner. The first Go thing, on. there's a trailer for <gasps> Evil Dead Rise. My goodness. Bloomin' heck. Now, if you're, if you're a patron, um, uh, then our reaction to that trailer should be on Patreon now. So patreon.com forward slash horror hangout. Early access for patrons on there. Our reaction to the green band and the red band trailer for Evil Dead Rise. And I guess we could talk about it a little bit here. Um, so the film's coming out on April the 21st. Director Lee Cronin. Um, it's kind of set in a... It's in set in like the city in a, I guess, a tower block. And it looks like it's very family orientated. Like a mum is possessed or turned into a dead eye and then everyone kind of battles against her uh standard stuff kind of looks the same sort of vibes as evil dead 2013 long gone are the kind of like horror comedy vibes which is good really because i feel like they would have just had to cast someone who's like a bit like bruce campbell I'm yeah glad they didn't do that but i'm looking um, forward to it i'm you know for everyone else who's not on patreon you'll be able to see our reactions to it sometime between now and the uh, and the film coming out, but yeah, overall, I'm keen for this. I think I mentioned on the reaction in a year where we'll talk about this a little bit later. I think franchise movies have perhaps let us down a little bit. I'm still really optimistic for this, and I think this one looks great. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and then there's also a trailer for 
a movie called Immersion, which is directed by Takashi Shimizu, um, who directed The Grudge. So it's his new horror op- offering. opens this year in Japan. Um, mysterious deaths before on employees of a VR tech company. There's an unprecedented fear waiting between reality and the virtual world. Uh, and a very, very creepy looking poster. It's got like a classic, um, almost like a medieval Japanese illustration. Um, so yeah, that could be interesting. Have we got a good VR horror movie yet? I know there's been some episodes of Black Mirror. Um, I know there was that Demonic. Demonic, which <laughs> was quite the opposite of a good VR horror movie. Yeah. Um, so, there's the Lawn Man. Oh yeah, the Lawn Man. Lawn Man is good. I like the bit where they do a big virtual reality kiss and their faces are all stretchy and stuck together. Yeah. That's the uh, only visual I remember from that film. And his big, uh, and his big sort of Max Headroom head doing a big yeah. shout. It's got very shiny, chromey visuals, isn't it? The old uh, Lord Murriman. So yeah, the fact that this is that this is out, and there's also yeah. I think Shimizu's Suicide Ho- Suicide Forest Village was his last film, which is streaming now. I think um, so. Maybe that's worth checking out. This kind of looks from the trailer, from watching the trailer. I won't say too much. But that's one of the Silent Hill installments. Silent Hill F? Yeah, Hill? F. The one that's F? like, yeah, F, which is like the 60s one. 60s set. It kind of gives me those sort of vibes. And, you know, I'm all for it. I'm, I'm very, very keen for this and also everything that Silent Hill's got to offer um, this year. So, yeah, that, that is out. So there's two trailers you can check out. But also, I mean, slightly... Well, slightly bad news is that the horror mystery series 1899 has been cancelled at Netflix after just one season. So that's from the makers of the TV show Dark. Um, and yeah, so just after one season, they've cancelled it. And Netflix seem to be doing that a lot lately, don't they? Not like not like Netflix to cancel something prematurely before it's even had time. Because basically, me hearing about 1899, bear in mind, I watch quite a lot of horror, consume quite a lot of horror. Hearing about it as it's being cancelled kind of is yeah. testament to how how much it's been been really promoted or given a chance to to grow yeah. into things. You know, bearing in mind as well, if you think about some of their standout hits to this day, I wasn't aware of something like Breaking Bad until it was a few series in. I think when I first heard about Breaking Bad, it was when I saw trailers for what might have been the third season. Um you kind of have to give some shows a little bit of room to mm. to hit their stride and make their mark. I think especially in a time when, so this, this is almost becoming a catchphrase, Ben, content is infinite. Like you're always going to be watching something. The reality is, is that you may not have time to across all of the services in the world, plus all of the channels that exist on your TV just as they are, to necessarily think, oh, this new thing's come out, I better drop everything else I'm watching and watch it immediately because otherwise it's not going to get renewed. Like, you kind of have to accept that you might watch something a bit later. I think the problem that Netflix and a lot of other services has isn't about necessarily building quality items. It's the way they evaluate success. Mm. How many times do a series as well, you sort of go, oh, this show's great, but it doesn't really get good until the first series. You know, obviously the first two, so you're not going to skip the first two series, but at the same time, like allowing these shows to get have time to grow and sort of have their own identity 
And yeah, I agree with you. Like sometimes a, a few weeks go by and it's like a film's released at the cinema. A whole series has dropped on Netflix. There's weekly episodes of something on Amazon. There's uh, a new games out. There's this podcast just premiered. It's like, I need time to yeah. go through all these things. And like 1899 hasn't really even been on my radar until now I found out that it's been cancelled. So Yeah, well, like, funny enough, I switched the PlayStation on the other day and on the way to what I was actually doing, 1899 was one of the tiles that said, oh, this is a thing that's out now. Okay. But again, I'm kind of disinclined to watch something knowing that the showrunners will have probably designed a cliffhanger to end the series because they want to keep people engaged and get people talking about what's going to happen next. And if it's been cancelled, what you know, what hopes they have? I had it with the I'll keep me honest, was it the was it the black tapes? It's based on a podcast. I mean obviously we have the podcast that we can go Archive to. Archive eighty one. Archive eighty one. That was it. The black tapes tapes is another fiction podcast. Yeah, so Archive eighty one. I watched the first three episodes. Um, and was quite enjoying it, but then the news dropped that it had been cancelled, and the you know the people who created it were quite, you know I think quite vocally disappointed about it. And I'm like, that's a real shame because, especially in this cycle of, you know, the next thing is coming out, and you know, having a variety of interests as well. Like, why betide you also have any other hobbies that isn't watching a thing, right? What if you play a sport or do or do whatever else or even just have a full-time job like there's not the time to make something the biggest thing that's ever been streamed like if you look at those traditional metrics wasn't like it's probably been immediately surpassed but wasn't red notice like one of the most things watch things on netflix last year but that was a movie that i instantly forgot the moment it finished like it was fine i had a jolly good time seeing attractive and fun people saying doing some fun quips and having an adventure but i'm probably never going to watch it again i'm probably not going to really remember that but yeah there are a lot of series that have a lot of potential that get cancelled not because they're bad and not because they don't get an audience but no. because they fail to be the biggest thing ever that everybody's talking about. Yeah, it's uh, it's disappointing. It's a bit annoying, but you know, and I'm, I'm, I'm just glad it hasn't happened. Well, I say it hasn't happened to something I really enjoy. It happened with, <clears throat> it happened with Glow, on. Uh, oh, Glow! Don't be started on Glow. That was the one that hit me the hardest. Where I was like, oh, wasn't that, that wasn't that a COVID thing though? Possibly. I think they were meant to be doing, if I'm remembering Glow correctly, sorry guys, welcome to the (laughs) wrestling-related sort of comedy drama hangout. Um, I think Glow was an issue where they were going to do a fourth season to finish it. COVID meant that was delayed, and then basically scheduling was never going to work for anyone ever again. I guess because everyone's in movies as well, aren't they? A lot of the stars of that. So Yeah. There we go. Okay, that is all I've got for horror news. I guess what we've been watching is gonna, we're going to be fairly quick, I guess, because a lot of the things on what we've been watching we're going to be discussing today, unless there's anything else that you thought was worth a mention, Andy. Um, I tell you what, I'll I'll mention a couple of things quickly that don't fit into what I was what else I'm going to be talking about for the stuff of the year. I watched WNUF Halloween special. Um. 
it was in relation to the fact that I know a lot of um, a lot of excitement has been generated around the out there Halloween mega tape, which serves as a sequel to to this program. Um, it's quite difficult to come by the out there Halloween mega tape right now because the filmmakers have chosen to distribute it only on physical media and not go with a VOD release um, simply to um, avoid fans having to, you know, pirate it, <laughs> download it illegally, you know, to avoid that piracy piece while they can't necessarily manage a big international distribution because people will be keen to watch it soon. So they're selling it directly from their, from their big cartel website. Having watched the original movie, uh, the WNUF Halloween special, it is for those with a fondness or memories of kind of American network television growing up in the, in the eighties. It is a US version of Ghostwatch, effectively. Played a little bit more for laughs than, than Ghostwatch is. Mm-hmm. Really quite fun. Really quite fun and very authentic looking in the way it's put together. Um, I had a lot of fun with it. And now, I mean, I haven't looked on their website to try and get a copy of the Out There Halloween Megatape. I imagine it's US focused, so it'll be, what's that? postage that's one mortgage payment please so i may have to wait a little while until international distribution is a little easier or they do look at making it available um yeah digitally in the future or you know just to, just have to wait a little while but i'm keen to catch that um based on the strength of that first um special that the that the creative team put together uh i also got round to watching the lair so Neil Marshall of ah. Dog Soldiers fame's latest. Okay. I've not seen that yet. Um, yeah, I, I haven't watched Dog Soldiers for a little while. Um, I think for me personally, I didn't resonate with some of the personality of this one, mostly because a lot of the characters are American soldiers. You don't have the same mm-hmm. British Army stereotypes that you're used to seeing in that one. Um, but there's some good practical effects. There's some good monsters. It's always good to see... You know more from Neil Marshall as a filmmaker as well. Um, just it doesn't quite overtake Dog Soldiers for me, for me just yet. But you know there was some there was some good fun to be had. But other than that, all things that I'm going to be talking about over the course of the yeah uh, stuff of the year. I'm pretty much the same. I think anything I've watched in the last week has kind of been filling in a couple of those blanks um, of things that. I hadn't seen. Still a couple that I didn't manage to watch. So if their omission on my list fills you with fury, probably absolute not. rage. Um, I didn't watch Crimes of the Future. Uh, no, me either. Dave Gronenberg. I didn't watch Hatching, which I've heard good things about as well. Uh, is that maybe it? Is that maybe the two glaring omissions that I was sort of disappointed I didn't get to see? I think that might be it. There's probably a few that we'll mention throughout that I've probably forgotten about. As There's well. a couple of others I've really wanted to catch up on, and you know, you know, pencils have erasers, Ben. I'm happy to go into my letterbox and adjust my top ten if that happens, but only if it happens in the next few days. Otherwise, what I say now stands for eternity. What I say goes. Uh, okay, so how are we going to do this when we? So we're not going to jump into the 2022 year in review. Um, so I guess what we're going to do first is talk about our top 10. 
I guess. And how we're going to do this is similar to how we do the the rank, the franchise ranking episodes, the bonus episodes, if you heard them. Uh, we're going to count down from 10, uh, taking it in turns, back and forth. If we talk about a film that the other person's got on their list, we will obviously mention it when once we get to it on the list. But we'll talk, But the first mention of it is when we'll discuss it, you know, and discuss our thoughts on it. Uh, yeah, and then we'll count down. And then we've got other categories to, to sort of go into as well. Indeed. Indeed. Uh, so, Andy, would you like to start? Would you like to kick off with your number 10? Well, do you want me to start with honor- with honourable mentions before we get into a, a 10 situation? Uh, or do you want to cover them at the end? I reckon cover them at the end. But so, what do you think? Yeah, okay, let's cover those at yeah. the end. because Then we might cover some of those with, with honourable mentions. Okay. So I am going to begin then with my... Let me just count these down here. Okay, I am going to start with my number 10 film of the year, which was something we saw at one of our one of our festivals that we caught up with. It is a Spanish um, horror movie called Piggy. Lovely, lovely stuff. Um, let me um, just pull that up there. So, I mean, Ben, you interviewed the director. I did inter- interview so, the director. Car- Carlotta Pereira is the... Parada, yep. So she was the director um, uh, and writer as well, right? Or co-writer of the movie. Um, Here is your, here is the synopsis. Adolescence can be brutal. A bullied, overweight teenager sees a glimpse of hope when her tormentors are brutally abducted by a mesmerizing stranger. Um, That stranger's bloody mesmerized. I'm mesmerized by this guy. Um, I find him quite terrifying, actually. I wasn't mesmerized by him at all. I was like, Jesus Christ, what's he going to do? Is he going to murder people? Maybe. Probably. Yeah, Probably, it's, maybe. I really liked it. Really good character work. Um, a really, you know, just a good physical different body type to what we usually see in this as well. And actually good to see those rotten bullies mm-hmm. getting, what's, getting what's coming to them in a really character-driven piece. Um, yeah. You know, some different was... faces, some different names. It was good, it was good to see it. Mm. I think of everything we watched at Fright Fest, this was kind of the one probably stayed with me more i think when we when we chose our favorites of the of the fest i think i mentioned piggy but i think i also mentioned fall but i haven't included fall on my top 10 because i don't know i, I find it didn't stick with me at all i think like the the experience of watching it was uh, exhilarating but i think after that i was a bit like, okay i'm not yeah. gonna give that another fall but with piggy i kind of like it kind of stuck with me and i see that it's been doing very well on other in other circuits and um elsewhere so it's good to see and yeah, I, I think, think full uh... just to your point on full i think that was a film that was very good at what it was doing but <laughs> i've seen it i've seen it done you know it was um i've seen some of the things it was bringing to the table before yeah rather Single than with location. piggy totally different totally different yeah that was the thing it's like it is it's a horror movie yes but it's also like an ex- exploration of um body image and sort of like these this girl growing up in a small small village in 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 spain and having to deal with all of these things as well as like a threat from a potential killer and also some real mean bullies um and yeah like sort of that stephen king-esque bully vibes where you kind of get you kind of feel more stressed when the bullies are on screen rather than the actual the monster thing, than the thing you're supposed to be scared of like a bloody pennywise or something yeah yeah so uh, yeah check that one out yeah 
definitely worth checking out. Um, so we discussed that on our Fright Fest episode back mm-hmm. in when was that? April, March, April, some some yeah. Around about uh, do you know? Was it a bit later than that even? Because it was the Glasgow one was in March, and then uh, the other one course, was yeah. then, then we had other Fright Fest in the summertime. Um, Correct, yeah. Just a quick one. Maybe we'll do this for each of the films we cover. Looking at where it is available now, um, certainly in the US, I can see that you can buy Piggy on Vudu, Google Play Movies, Amazon Video. You can rent it on Vudu, Google Play Movies, Amazon Video, Spectrum On Demand, and Direct TV. So they're all the US locations you can get it. UK, I'd imagine, would have similar similar distribution. But check those platforms wherever you are in the world. Hopefully, that's piqued your interest. You'll be able to catch it on one of those. Yeah, definitely recommend it. Um, okay, so that's your number 10, Andy. Piggy, my number 10 is a movie called Speak No Evil, which is, um, I think it's on Shudder. Uh, Shudder. I don't know if it's Shudder original, but it's on Shudder. And so a Danish family visits Dutch family. They met on holiday, um, supposed to be at a Dillick weekend, slowly starts unraveling as the Danes tried to stay polite in the face of unpleasantness. Um, this was not a film that we covered on the podcast. This was a film I watched outside of the podcast. Sorry to say that. Apologies, Andy. Don't mean to cheat on the podcast oh, in such a way. It's all right. But uh, did you see this? Did you see I haven't before? seen it. This is one of the ones that I still want to watch this year. Shudder Originals have been churning out some absolute bangers this year. And oh, yeah. I have this, Sissy, and... Um, Glorious? Is that the one in the toilet cubicle? Yeah. All of those that I still want to watch this year from just Shudder Originals alone. I've not seen Sissy, but I saw Glorious. That was pretty good. Um, this is like one of the most tense, palpable, dread-fueled films like ever. Um, and the whole time you're just thinking, what is going to happen? Um, and I mean, I'm not. It's not a spoiler when I say like it is one of the bleakest. I mean, it's the bleakest final act to a movie, perhaps since Kill List, I would say. Oh, wow. Final acts where you're just like, oh, my God, there's absolutely no way. Um, So, yeah, highly recommend it. Some really great acting, some really great, like, character work. And I, I guess the message of the film is learning when to say no. Stop being so polite. You know, I think British people get a bit of a bad rap for never being able to say no and always sort of like going along with things. I don't know. I kind of, I love kind of just making my excuses and leaving, you know, just, I'm, I, I'm definitely at the age where I've just, I won't put myself through something if it's making me uncomfortable. I will just go, I'll tell you what, I left the oven on. I'll tell you what, dogs, dogs at home go mental. I've got to go. Yeah, got a, got a, got a chip. Sorry. What, you got the, have you got a synopsis of that one? You can, um, like, have you yeah, got yeah. like the, um, where, where it's I, from? Yeah, yeah. So at the top, just just at the start of this section, it says a Danish family visit a Dutch family and met on holiday, um, and it kind of just—it's hard to say what else it's about without kind of ruining it. Ah, uh, uh, okay. No spoilers. Stay, That's they try to stay polite in the face of unpleasantness, so it's almost like a uh, no, no. I won't say much more. I think go and watch it if 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 your interest is at least peaked. Directed by Christian Taftrup. Um, I don't think I've seen anything else he's directed. Oh, he directed someone else called A Horrible Woman. Um, <laughs> does, what about, it you know, does what it says in the tin, I guess. This film's about a horrible woman. And Speak No Evil's about, well, some horrible... About people. not saying anything evil. But, it's, yeah, it's just one of those things. Um, it's I guess not, it could be considered a thriller on the surface, but, yeah, it definitely strays into that sort of kill list territory of... 
you know bad bad people doing bad things uh yeah it's and there's a particular the final act's difficult to to stomach but there's a particular moment which is just like oh god how what how would you react what could you do like a million other things than what this couple do so yeah that is my that is my number 10 speak no evil okay uh should we, should we get down to number nine then? Number nine, I have for you now uh, one that we covered on an entire episode, I believe, and my current background for those of you on video. My number nine this year is bodies, 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 bodies. We didn't cover it on an episode, did, did we, we not? That? I thought we covered the. I think we went I through think... the whole thing. Did we do a bonus or something? I, I think we're gonna do. I think we're gonna do a bonus, but we just never got around to it. I think we discussed it like on what we've been watching a bit, but. Um... Yeah, we never we never sort of covered it on on an episode, which is oh. kind of. I think we had, I think we had a couple of requests as well. So apologies if you wanted that. This next few minutes will be us. This will be the episode condensed into a tiny little going through thing. bodies, bodies, bodies. Well, I saw bodies, bodies, bodies. I've said bodies a lot of times now by the grace of our good friends over at the DCA in in Dundee. Invited me over for a screening oh, of that yeah. one. That was great. I saw it with um friend of the show, John Crennan. Um, and it was patron against his will. And, um, I really, um, I really enjoyed it. It was billed very heavily as like a Gen Z, uh, comedy. And I think that was really shown in the, the dialogue choices that they made. Um, I then watched it again, which is a rare, I watched it again on a flight later this earlier this year. Um, so here's the synopsis for you. This is not a safe space. When a group of 20-somethings get stuck at a remote mansion during a hurricane, party game gone very, very wrong, ends in a dead body on the ground, and fake friends at every turn, trying to find the killer among them. Um, it is currently available in the UK this time. Um, Letterbox is telling me you can rent it on iTunes, Google Play Movies, Amazon Video, on Chill, and on YouTube. So check that out for your territory yeah. as well. I found it really sharply written. I found some of the some of the people we saw. I, I found it properly funny in some places, in some areas as well. I thought, "Hey, Jen said," and I'm getting on a bit in years, but we're not so different, you and I. Um, no, especially our, our podcast host as well. Obviously, um, you know, resonated yeah, with me in a way that we haven't seen on film since the character podcast in last year's Ghostbusters Afterlife. Oh, um, yeah, I, I I really liked it. Um, without spoilers, your mileage on the ending and the resolution of the thing may vary, but I thought it was great fun. I oh, thought it was yeah. I thought it was a lot of fun. How about you, Ben? I don't want to I don't want to ruin where I put it in my list, but it's definitely up there as one of my favourites of the year. I watched it in the cinema. Um, it was totally like unexpected. From watching the trailer, I kind of I kind of felt like I. This is the thing. It's like a send up of a gen of a generation. It's very sharply written. It is satire, uh, but it is like genuinely really funny. And the way things pl play out is so like unexpected. I think for the whole duration, I kind of had different um, ideas of where it was going to go and how it ended up. Just really surprised me. Maria Bakalova, who's also in Borat, the sequel, uh, and is <laughs> in Guardians of the Galaxy three. Right, she's the voice of Cosmo the dog. Oh right, okay. Oh yeah, of course. Um, so yeah, and I just think the cast, everyone is awesome. Uh, it's just one of those. And Pete De Pete Davidson, 
not somebody that I've seen in all that much, to be fair, but obviously a big, a big name, not just in the the world of movies, but just the world of uh, celebrity. Being a celebrity. Being a celebrity. Going out with a Kardashian, is he? I don't even know. Going out with a Kardashian, yeah. Wait, no, he was going out with Kim Kardashian. Don't know about that. I just can't keep up. I just can't keep up. He's been going out with everyone. I think it was, uh, what's her name? Ariana Grande as well. Uh, and Lee Pace, obviously, from like the Hobbit movies and Guardians of the Galaxy as well. Interested to see him in a different role. I just think it was completely unexpected and I had a lot of fun with it. And, you know, as a horror movie, it's a very unique sort of experience. Um, feels like a whodunit. But the way... And you said about mileage in terms of the resolution of this film. I was very pleased and impressed yeah, i was genuinely i was genuinely surprised by how it how it all played out as well because it's one of those things where you're like oh yeah can you imagine if that actually had like i'm sure there must have been yeah <laughs> that's similar, something similar must have happened at some point you know uh in the world especially of and this is the thing like it is a send-up of a generation but it's not you i think you can enjoy it enjoy it as that generation and as like the older generations as well it's not like a finger pointing. Like a lot of films kind of, if they're made by someone of a certain generation and about a younger generation, it can like point the finger and kind of make out that people are dumb, that people mm-hmm. are superficial. But this film kind of like has a lot of fun with it. I think it gets very right what I found the Texas Chainsaw remake was very off yeah. message with because that was almost okay. kind of... Um, flirting with generational like culture wars in a in a way that i found didn't really work for me um but this Mm. yeah it it was it was it was a lot of fun i think i agree with you like the writing of certain characters and the the, the relationships they have with each other Uh, this is the thing like it was a very dynamic interesting group of people who had a lot of history together and you kind of felt that and it felt very natural in terms of like, oh, there's some tension here. Where, Why is there some tension here? What's happened before this? And the fact that they're all in this place where they're kind of stranded was really interesting. I just found that some films try too hard to try and develop these sort of character traits and, and relationships between characters. Perfect example is Christmas, Bloody Christmas. I found the character, the way the characters were written were like completely, they were like a real drag to be around. I was just like, I really don't like this. Whereas with this one, it's like, sure, some of them are assholes. Some of them are like self-centered. Some of them are, are, are like real bastards. But at the same time, you're like, I kind of enjoy being in this sort of dynamic. I enjoyed the kind of the back and forth they have with each other. Um, but yeah, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, I think I'm kind of a bit similar on. I did enjoy the Leatherface stuff, but I think the character work <clears throat> in Texas Chainsaw Massacre was potentially left a lot to be desired. Apologies if I wasn't reacting to you very well, Ben. I just managed to lean on the little device on my headphones that turns the sound right down. I made the best points I've ever made on this podcast. Oh, God damn it. Well, I'll have to listen back, I guess. Award-winning points. Hot takes. The hottest of the hot takes. Scolding hot, hot takes. Provided you didn't say anything to get you cancelled, I agree with everything that you said. Okay, thank you. Uh, (laughs) So number, number, number nine for me is Piggy. So definitely made it into my top ten. For the reasons already mentioned. Should we go to number eight? Andrew? Yeah, number eight. Should I say my number eight? We'll do it like that or Yeah, yeah, go for it. Right. So my number eight is now, depending on your language, is either Final Cut or Coupe, which we also saw oh, yeah. at Fright Fest this year. 
and is the French remake of the Japanese One Cut of the Dead. I've not seen yeah. the original yet, um, oh, but no. I have seen, but I have seen this one, and I bloody loved it. Now, I feel I don't know. Maybe I should take a few lumps for this because I haven't seen the original to comment on how close it is and what the what the quality of it is based on the original versus what this done. But I found it really well paced, extremely funny, and from what I could gather, there must be a there must be a separate angle on top of the original as well because in this film, um, the premise of the well, let me read you the synopsis. So things go badly for a small film crew shooting a low-budget zombie movie when they are attacked by real zombies. Um, It has the additional element, which I imagine doesn't exist in the Japanese original, in that they're also having loads of meetings, and it it shows several pieces where the French film production team are meeting with the Japanese owners of the story and having meetings with them about producing their film which is why in a French movie with clearly French people and all the characters have Japanese names and they haven't been allowed to change them by the oh, film. Right. It was so funny. It was so well put together. I had a a brilliant time with it. And I don't know what it is. I think we've it been purely driven a lot by some more exposure to some French cinema and some French horror comedy cinema in the last couple of film festivals we've got to, and I've really been enjoying uh, it. Yeah, like some like it rare as well, yeah. Yeah, like the I, I I don't know, like one of my other friend one of my other favorite non-horror movies is a well it's Belgian, but a French language comedy called A Town Called Panic. Like they've they they sometimes just hit a good uh, a good spot for me. And I really, really enjoyed it. I still need to watch the original see how that goes but i found this film an absolute um an absolute delight it is currently available we were lucky enough to see it um again a screener was sent to us as part of our fright fest coverage in the summertime but in the uk right now you can buy or rent it on itunes google play movies amazon video routkin tv or the microsoft store again check your availability for your own region I've not seen it, so maybe I need to. I've seen one cut of the dead, uh, so maybe it's good. I'd love to get your take, having seen it. I'll if you watch the this one, and I'll watch the original, and then we can okay. see what the best is. Sounds good. Uh, so your number eight is is it just called Final Cut. Uh, Final Cut or Coupe in French. Okay. So my number eight is Men, the movie about men. Uh, directed by Alex Garland, uh, starring Jesse Buckley and Rory Kinnear. That's pretty much all you need to know about about who's in it. Uh, aftermath of personal tra- tragedy, Harper retreats alone to the beautiful English countryside, hoping to find a place to heal. But there's something or someone stalking the woods around. Uh, this is like by the numbers folk horror. But you know what? I was very very into it. Um, and again, another film that's kind of like stuck with me. Some of the soundtrack I kind of listen to um, semi regularly. And Alex. Bought a Ford Fiesta, haven't you? <laughs> you haven't. <laughs> but I'll tell you what, it's a, it's a cracking uh, advert for a Fiesta. It's a cracking advert. Literally a brand new off the forecourt Fiesta as well. She hasn't been, eat- uh, she hasn't been eating in that new car. Don't want any no. crumbs in it. So I loved Ex Machina. Um, Annihilation, I wasn't hugely into, but I think men. 
is and you know what it is heavy-handed with the kind of message it's trying to put across it is heavy-handed but it is one of those quintessentially weird british like the fact that we're watching a horror movie and it kind of reminds me of like the league of gentlemen and yeah <laughs> as well as like other sort of folk horror i guess kill list get another mention reminded me of that as well like that's that palpable dread um of like just land english landscape um and you know english countryside as well and rory kinnear even though it is kind of ridiculous the fact that we see his face on a child's body and obviously some minor spoilers. He's a rude little here. boy in that as well, isn't he? He goes, you bitch. Rude little boy. Uh, it's a weird, weird film. And, you know, there are some body horror stuff. There's but some body horror stuff that happens as well, which is really, really odd. Um, and it's one, of the f- one, one theme for 2022 seems to have been the uh, hand injuries as well we've we've oh, seen it in we saw it in halloween ends we've seen it in men um and i'm pretty sure there's another one i'm pretty sure there's another one i can't just say that um hand injuries a specific hand injury as well um so yeah so, something about this film i found it really and again another cinema cinema watch and of course in terms of f- thematics and 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 the sort of underlying ideas it says a lot about relationships between men and women um abuse um contr- sort of control- generational trauma generational which been, trauma I think, generational trauma has generational been trauma, the yeah. theme of the year yeah 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 i think I'm, i agree with you there we've got stuff like i'm not going to mention i'll mention other films that deal with generational trauma but not just with films that we've covered um brand new releases sorry but also it seems to be with a lot of films that we've covered on the podcast just films that we've decided to cover some that we've not seen before yeah, generational true. trauma seems to be something that's i've definitely as a horror fan have understood a lot more about thanks to the genre this year um and sort of noticed it appears in a lot of horror movies and sometimes in like in the places you'd least expect um in terms of horror films so yeah for me men i know it got a lot of got a lot of shit from various pockets and various corners i can of... see that i can see the point of where some of the criticism comes from and i hadn't thought about it at the time i think we even said on the episode that um yes it can be heavy-handed but you know what subtle messages don't always sink in mm. and i think it's worth it's it was worth going into remind me who was the who was our guest when we discussed them was it laura or was it lucy I think it was Lucy. Yeah, it was Lucy. Yeah, I think Lucy. I think I think Lucy made a very good point that um, you know it's making a very big statement, uh, you know, from a female perspective when you have no female writing staff and a male and a male director as uh, well. Yeah, which course, I, yeah. I I get I can get that point and I get that how that might grate for some folks, but um, I did enjoy the I did enjoy the movie men just slipped into my honourable mentions on the strength of a few movies I've seen very recently, in fact. Um, but still, I think I think my comment on it on the time was probably some career-defining performances from both Jesse Buckley and your mate Rory Kinnear. Um, and Rory. I would say, arguably one of the most intense horror scenes and experiences <laughs> you're going to see uh, in mainstream releases over the course of the year. Certainly anything that got a cinema release, probably that last section of the film is some of the most 
intense yeah. 20 minutes on, on a cinema screen this year. Not just that, though. Like, there's a particular scare involving a, well, I say scare, but a particularly tense moment with a sort of crescendo of fear um, in a tunnel that really, really got me. You know, I think there's something about mm-hmm. that that just made, because I think we've been in that situation. We've been roaming the sort of British countryside and we thought we've seen someone from far away or someone shouted at us from far away and we've been like, Jesus Christ, you know, you've been, like, you've just been in a tunnel, mind your own business, good. Oh, and then, God, yeah. then you have to have a big run. Oh yeah, that was that was terrifying. And yeah, it, it worked for me and I would like to I would like to see it again because I've only seen it once in the cinema. So yeah, that is my I'm not sure where this is available at the moment. Men. I don't know if it's streaming or on video on demand. I'm gonna anywhere. tell you. <clears throat> you can tell me. Yeah, See if we can pull of... it up because I've got letterboxed up right now. So Men by Alex Garland. You can in the UK, you can buy it on iTunes, Google Play Movies, Amazon Video, YouTube, and Routkin TV. Mm, okay, so it's available. It's out there if you're interested. If you liked Ex Machina or Annihilation, but still, I think don't go into this film expecting it to be like either one of those movies because, you know, this is this the first like original concept that Alex Garland has directed? Because I know he. I know Annihilation is based on a book. So uh, Annihilation is a book. I don't know what Ex Machina is, if it's yeah, adapted. But still, there we go. That is my number eight. What are you saying for number seven? For number seven, Ben, I'm going for something that I, I can tell you exactly where you can watch it. In the UK right now, you can watch it on Disney Plus from today. That's what I've just done. I've, oh. watched, I've watched the menu and having watched it, oh. maybe a bit of recency bias here, but I really enjoyed it, and it's jumped to number seven on my on my movies of the year. So, so I re- I sorry to jump in there, Andy. I really like the menu, but I've not included it on my top ten because not just that film, but there's also another film I'd like to discuss and under honorable mentions, where I'm a bit conflicted on whether I can include it as a horror film. Like I know it's got some horror elements, and I think framed slightly differently, you could say it was a horror movie. But I'm basing this purely on. The way it's kind of promoted as well, I kind of included yeah. that. I took it as a horror movie. It had it had enough threat and enough um, mm. sort of visceral moments for me. Let me read the synopsis real quick. So, wonderful surprises await you all. A couple travels to a coastal island to eat an exclusive an exclusive restaurant where the chef has prepared a lavish menu with some shocking surprises. Um, Never so lavish. Ray finds Anna Taylor Joy, Nicholas Holt. You know, leading a uh, a really, really great cast in this one. There is what some. Year, what years Anya Taylor Joyce had? Obviously, she she has she's in that she's in um, the Northman. Uh, I'm missing something else. Something and, else a, and again, oh, um, what's it called? Um, Soho was last year, but last again, year, a nice big Soho, yeah. you know off the Queen's Gambit as well. Like for someone who apparently was told at some point that you know. They based it on her looks and said, "Oh, you you look too strange to be a, a leading woman." Like she's mm. pulling out all kinds of amazing, amazing roles, and I think this is another this is another really great one. Um, Ray Fiennes also is incredibly sinister. Looks looks like one of his other roles, old No Nose Voldemort. Looked like someone you could pop down the pub with and have a lovely chat. He is incredibly menacing in this. His his sous chefs are like a brilliant 
well, like addition to the whole ensemble. So I don't want to spoil anything because it's it had a very short cinema run and it's only just come on streaming to be available. But Hannibal Hannibal Lecter vibes a yeah. little bit, but not yeah. not in the way that perhaps you may expect from a film called The Menu. With you know, it's not well. Don't want to yeah. spoil anything, but yeah, I, I I found it really really tense, really really enjoyable, and I think it's one of those that you come away from with those moments that you kind of want to tell that you can't wait for other people to see like oh this bit where this happens and you get some proper gasp moments in that Nic- in that Nicholas movie. Holt Nicholas Holt is an actor that I've always kind of for some you know sometimes no disrespect to Nicholas Holt sure he's a lovely man um just don't just don't like him in films I don't know why something about him just don't appreciate any maybe any characters he's ever played have I ever thought oh I love you Max, uh, Mad Max Fury Road, probably the only film that I could, because he's unrecognisable. You only like him uh, when he's got silver teeth. I only like him when he's got silver teeth. But yeah, in this, kind of had a bad feeling about him. And, you know, I don't want to say I'm right, but douche. I, I think uh, as well, with that one as well, I think they do this very well in that these people that you have, you have like some crypto bro, like investor types in there. You have Nicholas Holt's character, you recognize characters like this. Um, yeah. you know, it feels I think like so. it's a bit of a yeah. Black Mirror vibe as well, isn't it? I guess. Yeah. This could easily be, if it was an hour long, a, a Black Mirror episode. Because, um, you know, a send up of modern generations, um, modern types of people, I guess. You know, you've got your food critic, as you said, crypto bros, uh, just some expensive people who go to expensive restaurants just because they're food. like yeah just like rinse in their business account right yeah and a, a fa- like a failing actor um yeah, oh john leguizamo Leguizamo, jesus christ he was in violent night as well he is yeah. all over the place he's having a big talk about anna taylor joy he's having a great year resurgence um, of john leguizamo yeah um yeah i i really I really got a lot out of this. I'm looking forward to watching it again with Karen. And, you know, I think this would be one that if you're having a bit of a horror movie night with your friends or thriller movie, whatever you want to call it, this is one you could put on and you could watch together and it'd be a pleasure to see other people's reactions to. Um, Mm. Yeah, I watched it and immediately came a late entry onto my top 10 for the year. So I didn't include it in my top 10. However... It is quite high up on my actual list of favourite films, um, all genres that I've I've compiled. Oh, so there so, it didn't make it because of your uncertainty yeah. that it counted as horror, but yeah, it's not. It's not just. I mean, I guess it does, but I think in terms of my list of horror movies, I'm not going to include it. However, as we discussed it, I'll say it's definitely going to be one of my honourable mentions. There you go. What you got so, for number seven, Ben? Number seven, I have got X. Ty West uh, movie set in the 70s. A group of young filmmakers set out to make an adult film in rural Texas where they find reclusive elderly hosts that catch them in the act and then some mad shit happens. Two of the biggest stars of 2022, Mia Goth and Jenna Ortega. Jenna Ortega obviously was in Scream 5, 5 Cream, and also Wednesday this year. She's been absolutely killing it. And Mia Goff, who was also in Pearl, the prequel to X. I've not included that in my top 10 because I think after giving it quite a lot of fault, X is far and away my favourite of those two movies. I know we're going to get Maxine, um, the third movie as well. I think X is on Amazon Prime at the moment as well. I think I saw it on there. So you can go and check that out. This is, you know, 
it's framed in a way that it's it's sort of like a grindhouse movie, um, a bit of like an exploitation movie. What what are movies called? Hag exploitation movies. You know, is it where... hag exploitation now? Is that the is that the new name? I think that's what we're calling it now, which is where it portrays older people, particularly older women, um, as you know, terrifying or 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 evil or something. You know, horror has got a little bit of a not an obsession, but you know, in terms of, I think older women get that mm-hmm. treatment more so than older men do in horror. I mean, older men tend to be like, I know you've got Leatherface and 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 Michael Myers. They're get they're getting on. They're getting However, on a bit now, but they're not presented as old men. They're almost presented yeah, as these ageless, human, ageless. I guess you've got the. Figures, yeah. I guess you've got the the bad blind man from from uh, yeah. Don't breathe. But he's been he's been rehabilitated as a hero now because he kills drug dealers, right? Yeah, that's right. Um, don't breathe too. He gets his. He gets his. Um, he's been rehabilitated. He's, he's yeah. no longer evil, even though he's keeping people prisoner. Um, yeah. So I found X just a really cool film. You know, when you watch a movie like this, is this is pretty cool. Yeah, enjoying this. Um, just that, the aesthetics of it, everything that kind of goes with it. It gets a bit generic, possibly when when we find out what the crux of the movie is. Um, however. I had a good time with it. And Pearl, I think Pearl was good as well. I think Mia Goff was good. However, I think her performance kind of carried the film where it kind of suffered suffered a bit in terms of plot and maybe everything else. If It very much felt like they must have filmed those like pretty much back to back or like at the same yeah. time. They must because... have filmed them all, all quite closely together, right? And we'll call out, you know, shout to fellow horror podcast i was listening to the top tens from john and kim from nightmare on film street the other day and kim got a little bit of ire from john because she kind of cheated on her top 10 and put them together as a single oh, piece so x and pearl together and soz john i'm gonna go with kim on this one i think it would be allowed if you want to okay. consider because i do think that pearl, pearl makes x more interesting by providing that background to the character and X mm. gives Pearl a little bit of its um, more horror credibility. I didn't quite have X on my top 10. Again, a film I enjoyed a great deal this year. Um, I'm probably, I'm a bit like you, Ben. I think I probably like X the most before anyone actually dies. Not just yeah. because, you know, not just because I have an interest of, when, I wonder how pornos are made in the 70s. Not that at all. Um <laughs> But I found that for characters that were going to be disposed of in a slasher way, they invested a lot in... Ty West did a very nice job of making us like them and have them be interesting characters. Um, yeah. That, that when, the, when, the, when the killing began, and maybe that's why Pearl is a good companion piece to it, because then you get a little bit more of that background that builds into the character from the other side of it as well. Yeah. Maxine has the potential to make this a really nicely rounded yeah. trilogy. I, I Probably something I'm excited to see next year as a result yeah. of what these two pieces go together as and very different films in their own right. Mm. And I think Mia Goff's going to have another big year um, because she's in Infinity Pool. Uh, the Brandon Cronenberg movie, as well as Maxine. Uh, so yeah, it's uh, 
I think she's established herself well with these two films, and let's let's see what see what else she she does. Yeah. Um, okay, so that's my number seven. What is your number six? Number six for me, Ben, this year is another. Sorry about this, guys. Broken record. Buddy um, Fright Fest uh, movie. It is Stalker. So directed oh. by Steve Johnson. Who is the hunter? Rose Hepburn, a young actor working in horror movies, returns to her empty hotel, forced to use the old freight elevator. It jolts to a halt on the 12th floor, leaving her trapped with an unusual stranger. Left with no mobile phone signal as a storm approaches, tensions escalate and suspicions rise when Rose discovers the identity of the mysterious man is Daniel Reed, a camera operator on her latest movie who is seemingly obsessed with her. As the elevator hangs precariously high and about to plunge down any minute, some harsh truths and actions start unfolding. Bit of a mouthful of a synopsis, but, you know, it makes it, make, it makes some excellent, excellent points. You can watch it today in the UK, Amazon, Amazon Video, Ratkin TV, and YouTube, rent or buy. So I think this is really worth um, really worth checking out. Um, it is a single scene horror movie really focused on characters with the exception of a, maybe a few cutaways or, um, you know, a very brief cameo from Bret Hart, your mate, Ben. Oh, yeah. um, it is the two main characters on screen for the entirety of the, the piece. I really want to say nothing about it at risk of spoiling it, but it's an excellent dynamic. Just some of the scenes unfold purely with, you know, the, the chemistry between those two actors, uh, Stuart Brennan and Sophie Skelton, um, both absolutely amazing performances. It's one of those films that I don't think you can ever recapture the impact of it with a second watching, but as a first time watch, absolutely brilliant. I would recommend go in and know as little about it as possible. I believe we talked to Lucy about this one, right? And I think she was a big fan at the time. We didn't catch it live. I was only able to catch it once it was um, back out on stream. I don't think we'd caught it in the... um, you know, with the screeners we were sent over, we ran out of time on it, but I've yeah, still not seen, really, still really not seen stuck it. with me. It's a good movie. Still one that I haven't seen. Um, so you're loving Fright Fest, Andy. Yeah. Best, best few you, weeks of your life. Tell you what, they, with that kind of curation on these, uh, on these things, I'm really excited for it again this year. Hmm. Oh yeah. Hell yeah. Okay. So that is your number six. My number six is Deadstream. So, directed by Joseph Winter, Vanessa Winter, another shot. Uh, so another shot of original. However, this was also at Fright Fest, wasn't it? But I think for it some was. reason, for some reason, I, we didn't see it, and I think we saw it a little bit later. I don't think they did any screeners. I think they were just premiering it at the um, yeah, that's right, at the screen live, and we weren't there live this time round. So unfortunately, it's not available anywhere. You could say it's a dead stream. However. A disgraced internet personality attempts to win back his followers by live streaming one night alone in a haunted house. Uh, Joseph Winter and Vanessa Winter also did a section in VHS 99 as well. Oh, which the section one... did they do? Do you know? The, the one, I can't remember what it's called, but the one where they like go to hell and have to like. Yes, that makes yeah. perfect sense now. Yep. Absolute carnage. So, I mean, it's just when you feel like fan footage has run its course, I feel like this year we got dash cam and then this 
which I think both were great examples of that. Dashcam didn't make my top 10. However, this is like the Evil Dead because it's like a mod it's like a modern horror romp with comedic sensibilities and like the central performance from Joseph Winter is like goofy and even though he is a like disgraced internet personality and a bit of a dickhead it's really difficult not to kind of like love yeah. him and everything that goes along with it just unexpected just a really fun time and like genuinely like the horror it doesn't dial back on the horror at all you know it really does lean into it um yeah I had a great time with it it was one of my one of my favorites this year as well. I I will tell you what position it comes a little bit later. Oh, um, nice but yeah, I, I thought it was brilliant. You said about availability, Ben. Is it not still on Shudder? Oh yeah, of course, of course. Yeah, sorry, I was I was busy looking at the looking at the letterbox where to watches. Doesn't seem to have Shudder on there, which is incredibly rude. Oh, very um, strange. But yeah, it's it's yeah. Yes. I would say, and I think we'll we'll cover this time and time again. And I know we mentioned it in last week's episode as well. Now is the time to really get on board and support Shudder. I, I think an annual subscription is still like 30 quid or something obscene. Like mm-hmm. the incredible value from watching just a few of these things we've got on here, let alone the back catalogue. Um, it'll come up again in honorable mentions for me as well. Really good genre-centric like streaming service. And I agree with you, Ben. I think this is really sharply written really good excuses for actually having more production value and production elements such as music and soundtracks in a found footage movie. Yeah. Genuinely funny, yet also genuinely scary in a number of occasions as well. So yeah, big fan. Yeah, yeah. It was a good time. Uh highly recommend that. Uh okay, so that was our number Sorry, that was my number six. Now on to number five, Andy. What have you got at number five? I was going to say five in a different language then, but my mind went a blank. Cinco. Cinco. Right, so number five for me. Tell you what, Ben, it's only another Fright Fest movie. Jesus. I, I enjoyed. You're sponsored by Fright Fest. Have they got some money in your pocket? No, I, I wish. I would sponsor. I would, by all means, oh, if... take money to, to, to promote them officially, but Otherwise, I'm just doing this for free. Genuine fandom, like we talked about <laughs> last week. Um, this one, sadly, I don't have anywhere listed that you can watch it, but you can hear me interview the director, John Ainsley, my myself on a bonus ah. episode that we put out. So this film is yes, Do Not course. Disturb. Um, love is all-consuming. Chloe and Jack travel to Miami for their honeymoon. Amidst the flashy neon and sunny beaches, they decide that peyote experience will strengthen their marriage. Unbeknownst to them, they're given a rare and powerful strand that awakens the desire to eat human flesh. Confronting their toxic relationship, the sweet becomes a den of love, lust, and resentment as she realizes that the only way to escape their troubled marriage to an emotionally, uh, to an emotionally abusive husband is to literally consume him. Um, Janet Porter as Wendy, Patrick McNeil as, um, as, as Manuel, um, Kimberly Lafayette as um as Laurie as well, or Chloe rather. A great movie. It was great talking to John about um his process with making the movie as well. Mm-hmm. I mean that that I think that description shows again. I think I've really been influenced by a load of really strong character work this year, and a lot of time spent on really navigating not through people overtly saying oh we are married and we've been married for this number of years 
but through genuinely well-constructed dialogue and interaction between the characters to build up our knowledge of their relationships together. And mm-hmm. there are horrific moments, there are violent and gory moments in, in the movie, but there's also genuinely some really good, funny dialogues and really funny physical moments in it as well. I just had a blast watching this one. Um, and it was a few months ago that I spoke to John now and they were talking about distribution for the future. I sincerely hope they get it sorted quite soon so more people can watch this because it's really worth seeking out. Mm. Another Fright Fest movie that unfortunately I haven't seen. So yeah. We have, there were so many. I think we just have to we had to split the pack eventually, right? And just try and watch as many as we could between us. Um yeah. but yeah, one I really hope we, that we see available more places. So that hits that hits my number five for this year. It's lovely. So my number five is the Black Phone. So again, I think this is you mentioned earlier, this is one of these films that's listed as 2021 release, but it was actually released in cinemas in 2022 directed by scott derrickson obviously who directed sinister as well as doctor strange um i kind of had i don't know if i had high hopes for this but i think it really delivered in terms of i know it's a short story by joe hill but it kind of really really hit those sort of like stephen kingisms mm-hmm. that i kind of really enjoy in in horror and even though i haven't seen mr harrigan's phone I guess like there could be some com- comparisons in terms of the subject matter. But Mr. Harrigan's think... phone was a was an honourable mention for me this year as well. Just a nice change of pace, a good okay. spooky ghost story. Whereas yeah. this, I feel, is it's yeah. a really good period piece and it's a really good uh, like a thriller horror. It's like a thriller horror, and I also think it hits like it's like feels like a sort of true crime mm-hmm. thing as well with like supernatural elements and Ethan Hawke like if you ever thought I'm not scared of Ethan Hawke he's not scary put a mask and hat and glasses on him I could have him terrifying him waiting at the top of the stairs with his top off it's basically breathing, naughty boy game don't want to do that playing a naughty boy game yeah and it was again one of those movies that like you know someone's trapped somewhere and you're kind of urging them to get out you know kind of like real life um, a bit like Room, I guess, if you've seen that movie with uh, Brie Larson. Uh, you just, yeah. And the fact, the, the subject matter, obviously, a, a, a kid killer and the fact that the, the spirits of the of his victims are helping this boy sort of escape. I thought it was just really, it was really good. I really liked the aesthetic of it. It was a really well-made film. The pacing was great. It was really tense and like performances were great as well, you know, the kid... As we said, sometimes kid actors in movies can be the making or breaking of whether a film is good. And I think like Mason Thames, who plays Finney Blake in the movie, was great. And also um, Gwen, so Madeline, his sister, his sister was, great, yeah. was great as well. Um, yeah, it was just a really good, well-made film. And I would like to give it another watch. Yeah. And and we, we're going to we're going to get into it now, Ben, because you've, you've brought up the purpose of the law. Yes, the Black Phone was listed as a 2021 movie. I believe it screened at Sundance or one of the other major film festivals beforehand. But yeah. the purposes of our list, before you at as anybody, is that if it was on general release or certainly you know outside of single festivals, we're going to go with the year that we could watch it, yeah. even if it like, was officially speaking earlier. Yeah, so like official UK cinema release or official UK releases, I guess. Yeah, white mainstream wide releases. Yeah, that's what we'll go for. Um, are you anything else that you want to say about uh the black phone? 
Say whatever you want now and forever hold your peace. I think I think I've said I've said enough. Alright, so do you want me to go for number four then? Number four, Andy. Um we're we're gonna play the same um the same rule of thing because technically speaking, I had to look up this one at this one screened at I think a Sundance or another film festival back in twenty twenty, but it has only very, very recently. Um got a wide release for us to be able to watch you can watch it right now on amazon prime video in the uk or the us the film is run sweetheart run oh, um okay okay a first date from hell a woman runs through her life through the streets of los angeles after her blind date suddenly turns violent um watch this very recently it's great um it hmm. stars ella balinska as sherry um who you may Ooh, recognize. She was in the Resident Evil TV show. Yeah, the Resident Evil TV show. Yes. Cancelled too soon. <laughs> but um too soon, yeah. But um, yeah, I, I get it. It's a recent watch for me. <laughs> it just snuck on to my like I really wanted to try and catch this, and I did. Um, and it found its way to this height on my list. Really stylishly done. Some really great, compelling characters, some great horror moments. I don't want to spoil anything about the the blind date that's chasing them but some really good cult elements i love it how it's not fully fully um explained for the majority of the movie um but some some really really great great moments i think if this film does now see a wide audience this is the kind of thing that you'll see people in Halloween costumes with in the future as well, or become a little oh, bit okay. more of an iconic character um, for our for our heroine of this story. Yeah, I, I had a real I had a real blast with this. And one of the thematic things that I can say because it doesn't spoil anything from the film itself, it's called Run Sweetheart Run, um, and it's really characterized by there's a few key moments. It's kind of up there with the. You know, Kill Bill when um, the bride's eyes lock with one of the one of her targets, and we get the uh, yeah. the iron side yeah. sirens. Yeah. There's a moment like that. There are several moments where she is just being sent on the run again, and we just get big, bold capital red letters come up on the screen, run exclamation mark, and then it has to just burst into action and sends wow. it running. Yeah, it's a it's a lot of fun. And also, Ben, it does have the same elements that you were talking about from Speak No Evil. There's quite a few moments where it's like, oh, okay, there's this politeness or there's this I'm ignoring something that could be a problem because there's like a little excuse for it or I don't really want to cause a scene and and it goes yeah. through and it goes through from there. Um, I know you haven't seen it yet. I'm going to recommend you watch it and I'm not going to say anything more about it because... Yeah. I'd do an episode on this one. This was a lot of fun. I've not. Um, I saw. I saw some bits of advertisement for it, but I, 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 it was kind of something I felt I should eventually get round to it. Um, but yeah, I'll definitely check out. Now you've added it to your list at number five as well, right? At number four. Number four. Sorry, getting ahead of myself. Number four. Wow. Okay, that's, that's some. That's definitely a high praise. High praise indeed. Um. Okay, so number four for me is Nope. Nope. A lot, a lot of kind. Of, this is the thing. Like a lot of my the, my favorite movies seem to be quite big releases, I guess. But I just think a lot of films 
that I was anticipating really did deliver, and Nope is one of them. And again, another film where after watching it and after we've reviewed it on the show and every thought I've had of it since and every kind of theory I've sort of read since has kind of added to that to that fascination with this film because it's very, very strange. I mean, you couldn't expect anything different from Jordan Peele. Um, so residents in a lonely gulch of inland California bear witness to an uncanny chilling discovery starring Daniel Kaluuya and Kiki Palmer, uh, Stephen Yoon as well. I just found it really, really engaging. Again, well-written characters, um, an interesting threat that kind of t- twisted and turned. And I kind of, and what eventually it ended up being revealed to be was so bizarre, unique. I just was really, really um, fascinated by, by all of it. And I think it introduces some really interesting um, ideas as well to, to what you can be scared of. Like there's particular moments in the trailer where I was like, oh, I wonder what's that, what that's going to be. And it was, you know, it was nothing to do with the main storyline. And other things in the trailer, perhaps I didn't give a second thought, but really key to how things played out on screen. Um, and also Jordan Peele's use of music and also his use of like subsequent plot threads as well or, or parallel plot threads that perhaps mm-hmm. aren't don't seem like they're too related i think that's just a really great way of doing it and also i think like he is of course we've all as many superlatives as there are we've given them to jordan peele however i think he's an alter like his filmmaking style is just exceptional and i feel like i don't want to see him make like a main like a, like a franchise movie or anything like that but I'm still kind of fascinated and interested to see what he would do with a franchise movie, because yeah. I feel I feel like sort of big films like that should be give are get, should be given to directors like this. It might not be something that he ever wants to do. He might want to make original, original content, original. I mean, scripts. I, I think aside from his obvious skill at filmmaking, what you would love to see is a franchise movie be given to someone who probably has enough credibility and clout to be able to say no, I'm going to make this film how I want to make it, right? Like, and yeah. it's, it won't be massively interfered with by a studio or, and, and change yeah. what he would like it to be. Um, oddly enough, and you know, maybe to my, to my shame, or maybe I've just become an absolute um, wanker for like um, festival movies this year. Or maybe, Ben, maybe I'm subconsciously very angry with the Jordan Peele for going, oh, I'll tell you what, there's no scary horror podcast. <laughs> when I work on one, oh, I'm going to come and save that one for you. We're like, the first um, horror podcast, yeah. Yeah. Um, and, but and maybe, Twilight Zone. Yeah. Like, may, maybe, maybe that's a subconscious <laughs> thing, but <laughs> reflecting on it, there was, there was lots to enjoy in Nope. Like, it didn't hit my top 10 just based on the strength of some of the things that I did choose and they really resonated with me. But Nope is a fantastic movie. I think it's cast incredibly well. It's produced incredibly well. There are some amazing individual standout moments for it. Maybe for me, thematically, it's the least interesting of his movies because I really... Uh, you know, I was blown away by Get Out and the delivery there. I really liked the that piece. Us might still be my favorite. I think it's his scariest movie. So from a horror yeah. perspective, I think there's that. 
But this was a really cool, interesting sci-fi piece with all of the great production hallmarks that we see there. And again, the messages of different kinds of generational trauma and also some really good commentary on the use of animals in movies. Um, yeah. yeah, but um, didn't quite crack my top 10, but again, a movie to be celebrated in the last year for sure. Yeah. Okay, so now we're getting into the top three. Uh, the real sharp end of uh, of the list. What have you got for number, number three? Um, again, Ben, absolute festival wanker on this one again. <laughs> And again, I'm play. I've got to this play the legal. I've got to play the legal card because this is technically a 2021 film when it was released in its native. I feel country. bad now because I've because I've only I've only included one in my top ten. I've only included. Oh, it's one all right. This is best. This this shows how together with the most rounded horror podcast for anyone. Um, yeah. for me, number three, it stuck with me all year long. We watched it at Fright Fest Glasgow, had its original release in its native country of France. Um, in 2021, but it's become more widely available this year. We saw it at Fright Fest. Uh, it is currently available iTunes, Google Play Movies, Amazon Video, Routkin TV, and YouTube in the UK. Some like it rare, or in some international markets, you'll see it called barbecue. Um, your life is at stake, but spelt S-T-E-A-K. Um, Sophie and Vincent's small butcher shop is on the brink of bankruptcy and their marriage is falling apart. Their lives are turned upside down when Vincent accidentally kills a vegan activist who vandalized their shop. Overwhelmed and terrified of being accused of murder, their only solution to get rid of the body is by turning it into ham. To their surprise, the ham is so popular that it may save their business. That is if they're ready to keep, in inverted commas, hunting. The performances in this were so good. It was so funny. It's a great black horror comedy. Um, it was just a delight. I was smiling about it for a good couple of days after I watched this. After I watched this movie, um, I just had a blast watching it. Like, and I would. This would be something that I would go back to again and again. I haven't seen the Disney Plus um, Sebastian Stan. Fresh, oh, yeah, which fresh. got, no, which, not, which, which got a lot of attention this year. And I felt like I haven't rushed to watch that because I was like, well, I've seen a really good movie that has a very similar theme already. Mm. Um, and just on paper, I'm like, is this a, a remake or is this like a whole Armageddon Deep Impact situation where these things <laughs> have just come out incidentally at around the same time and have some similarities yeah. despite having it's no relation to each yeah. other? Um, but yeah, I just... I had a blast with this film and it is something that I think it's one of those rare occasions where I, I try to limit the physical media I have right now just for space and, and all those other things and also how regularly you might end up re-watching some of these things. I know a lot of people, particularly in horror, tend to really look to keep those collections strong because you never know when something's going to become unavailable digitally. Mm. I think we I try, chose I try, it as our we chose it as our film of fright. Fest, I think it was our film Glasgow, of fright fest Glasgow, and and really? it and it still and it still stuck with me. And I think this may be one just because it's a smaller player. You know, for example, I don't think that your big. I don't think there'll ever come a time when Halloween isn't available to get places. Whereas this one, like I would love, to, I I might look for a physical copy. So I've got it because I I found it really really enjoyable. I would recommend anyone watch this particularly if you're not shy of a of a foreign movie and having the subtitles on there's a lot of fun to be had with this one yeah 
I agree. I agree. Good, good, good choice. Okay, so my number three is Prey. Uh, oh, shit, I've Predator. really dropped the ball not putting that on there. <laughs> the, Pred- the Predator prequel could be a, a, an honourable mention. Um, the Predator prequel. The Predator prequel Prey. I think we Predator prequel Prey, yeah. Predator prequel Prey, um, which is on Disney Plus now. You can watch it. Um, I just think that performance by Amber Mid-Thunder was so good that I was completely, um, completely enamoured by the whole scenario and directed by Dan Trachtenberg. Trachtenberg obviously did 10 Cloverfield Lane as well. I think that's two and two, like really, really good movies. That, you know, this takes place in 1719. Predator comes down. Um, fight going up against Comanche Warrior, um, Amber Mid Thunder, who plays Nauru. Just really liked it. Just thought the action was great. Um, kind of captured a bit of the vibe of the original while also combining it with something like, I don't know, like The Revenant. It kind of reminded me of that sort of um, unforgiving unforgiving um nature with animals which chuck a predator in there uh there's a bear obviously as well chuck a predator yep. in there and you know there's some nice homages to to the original as well it just felt like it felt like the first predator in the first movie from a predator franchise that kind of like had its real own identity as well as easily paying homage to the original i feel like i mean predator 2 is good as well i like predator 2 um, but I feel like Predators was almost like, again, a good film, but kind of always a wink and a nod towards the other one. And let's not talk about The Predator or Alien vs. Predator or Alien or, or the sequel. Yeah, any, any, any of that no. stuff. Okay. I feel like this is the first time that I kind of really did. And it's got a dog as well. You know, there's a dog. I was going to say, that is the highlight for me. That dog is such an excellent dog in that one. I think there was someone who I was talking to who was like, I need to find out if the dog's going to die before I can sit and watch this. <laughs> You know, I, I will give. I think this one's a kind spoiler for anyone who hasn't watched Prey. The dog is fine. Just get and watch it. Um, to, and it's watch just Prey. like it felt like a sort of back to basics movie as well. You know, I kind of felt like that's what the franchise needed. It needed to put one predator somewhere, going up against essentially one person. I know obviously there's a lot of other people who get caught in the crossfire, but I just thought it really nailed it for me. And that, that sort of thing I'm talking about. There are a lot of major releases on my list but things that it really did nail you know just yeah. like in terms of movies that i was really anticipating um so like i'm, I'm talking about nope and i'm talking about prey as well films that i was really looking forward to that, that i was really pleased with so yeah i think I'll prey get... was potentially the best franchise movie that we just had in the last year <laughs> that didn't disappoint me at all if anything yeah, exceeded my expectations i held had for it let me retroactively excuse myself for not putting it on my top 10 by saying I really consider it a sci-fi action movie, Ben. Like yeah. like, <laughs> co- like, like yeah. Congo before it. It's a bit of yeah. a... Like, yeah, I, I definitely didn't forget to put what was a really brilliant film in my top 10. It was just that I, I think of it as an action film. I see. Uh, and you've got to be, ha- you gotta be, you gotta be harsh with these, with these rules. But I... Um, I yeah, it's absolutely brilliant. I think happily would watch that again when i very rarely return to watch a non-jurassic park film for a second time (laughs) yeah uh okay and now we move on to number two my number two um let me just bring up the things here barbarian some stay for a night some stay for a week 
Some never leave. In a town for job for in town for a job interview, a young woman arrives at her Airbnb late at night, only to find it's been mistakenly double booked, and a strange man is already staying there. Against a better judgment, she decides to stay the night anyway, but soon discovers there is much more to be afraid of in the house than the other house guest. You can watch this on Disney Plus in the UK right now. It's on bloody Disney Plus. So we covered this a bit on well on fright on our fright fest episode because. Um, Lucy saw it at Fright Fest. Me and you yes, didn't. She did. Um, and then I think we've discussed it since then. We have, we've never done an episode on it. However, I think we discussed it here and there. On and it, and it, it might be worth we give it a little while to cool off. And everyone who's spoke, heard us talk about it now has forgotten all about it. And we maybe do a future episode on it because I've had a blast with this. Did it crack your top ten, Ben? It sure did, but I haven't mentioned it yet. Oh. Um, so. <laughs> As we're discussing it now, I'll say you've got to go into it completely blind. I feel like um, there may be spoilers potentially on the visual side of things of this podcast. So apologize for that. Um, but go into it blind if you've not seen it. Um, I think, yeah, it's just one of those films that's wildly entertaining, totally unexpected. And I feel like one of the reasons I've put it so high in my list is because... I, I was like my mouth was wide open on like more than one occasion. I couldn't believe it. And yeah. I feel like any any film I think Justin Long is vastly I was gonna say underappreciated, but I think he is getting appreciated now as, you know, this horror genre, a very unconventional um I've seen people call him a scream queen, but obviously his his roles in movies like Jeepers Creepers and Tusk and now this all completely different. Mm-hmm. Um, and all great in their own way, and I feel like this film is just one of those films. Where I'm like, I, I don't know what's ha- going to happen next, and whatever happened next li- had me just like aghast. I couldn't You're believe right. it. This um, is why it's so high up for me. There were several moments in Barbarian where I audibly gasped and like sat back as like something happened. Like, I don't want to spoil anything. Justin Long is fantastic. Bill Skarsgård is completely separately cast from anything he's done before and that it was i really yeah. appreciated that because it build it gives you the feeling that the movie makers wanted to have georgina campbell as the lead character tess is brilliant throughout again a movie that i came into knowing nothing i think this is true of a number of movies certainly from my side ones that i recommended this year as knowing as little about them as possible is such to the movie's benefit. The same is true of Stalker, possibly Menu, um, Run Sweetheart, Run, Do Not Disturb, any number of those ones. And a couple of my honourable mentions will come to as well. Know as little as you can. Go and watch them. Yeah. And I think I you'll mean, get I... you'll get a lot out of it. Going into this, I was kind of a bit like, I kind of expected something like The Rental. There's a movie from 2020 called The Rental. Uh, which is like an Airbnb set horror movie. I was expecting something like that, and just the way it panned out was was insane. Like it's a it's a really insane film, and I think that's why it's one of my favorite. I mean, I would have liked to see it in the cinema, I think, but I didn't get to. However, I I, I highly recommend it as like just one of those horror films that's just gonna. I think if anybody says because sometimes the normies, sorry to. I was going to say sorry to the normies, but you're not going to be listening to a horror movie podcast if you're a normie. Sometimes the horror movie normies, uh, sorry, sometimes the normies say, 
hey, Ben, you're into horror movies, aren't you? And I go, oh, yeah, I've got a podcast of uh, over 250 episodes, actually. They go, well, what's a good horror movie then? This is like the, a, a perfect example of a film to just really fuck, fuck people over yeah. in a good and way, the, and in a good the, way. The thing that you've got about this as well is that, especially when you're talking to those <laughs> bloody normies, I think a film that is really accessible and is and it, and is good for anyone to be able to sit down and enjoy as a horror movie. There are a couple of things I will talk about in Disappointments of the Year, which there may be some good things about them, but I think they lack that accessibility. Or, for example, a film that was in your top ten and I highly enjoyed as well, like Men, mm. I think you sit some people down to that movie and they might say, what is, what is this? What have you put on for me? I don't I don't immediately get it. I think this is a film that you can immediately get has a very relatable scenario. Mm-hmm. The scares that it brings are really effective. Um, I think this is a great accessible horror movie. And you talk about making it accessible. It's on Disney Plus, which a lot of people have. Um, the idea that this type of movie and the menu and things like that are just on this platform that you wouldn't have to be a horror fan necessarily to have. Yeah. But, you know, you could be into your Marvel or your Star Wars or Little Mermaids. And all of that's, all of this is there for you as well now. It's a great time get, to get into get, it. Get yourself on a barbarian as well, for God's yeah. sake. Uh, okay, so that's your number two. My number, two, number two is Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. Oh, wow. For reasons we've obviously already discussed. Where was it on your list? Number It was nine, my right? number nine, yeah. Just... Obviously, I've already mentioned why I enjoyed it so much. I'll just explain why it's on number two. Um, just a completely, and I think I'm the same with Barbarian, which I've already mentioned, which we just discussed, a completely unexpected good time. Um, and I think that's why I feel so, fo- I, I think so fondly of that and Barbarian, is I kind of went into it thinking, uh, all right, let's see what this has got to offer and just thoroughly enjoyed it and it shocked me at every turn and you know i think there's a lot of horror movies that tend to come out um which kind of hit a lot of the same beats and those are the films that i find myself not getting on with as as much i feel like because we as, as people who watch so many horror movies you can get really tired of, of those of those beats and those s- films hit certain marks at certain points you know you've got three acts and you know what to expect. By the end of Act 1, you're like, okay, I know where this is going now. And it does. And Act 3, okay, well, yeah, what is it? Just the good guys win, etc., etc. Um, Both Bodies, Bodies, Bodies and Barbarian were completely unexpected good times. And I feel like that those are my favourite types of cinematic experience. And Bodies, 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 I saw on the big screen as well. So, yeah, same. What, what you have a crowd. Um, yeah, obviously we already discussed it. So... What's your number one, Andy? You know what, Ben? It's one that I mentioned was on there. We haven't got a chance to cover yet. Much like you, we've, we've covered my number one movie. It was um, it was Deadstream. I oh, number one was Deadstream. Yeah. Okay. It, wow. And and to, and to be fair, I will be very open with this one. You could <laughs> probably flip around my top five. You know, and I moved it around so many times. The margin between almost my entire top ten is very narrow this year. I think you catch me on the right day and any of them could have been number one. I put Deadstream where I did because I just came away from it, really re-energized about found footage, incredibly impressed by the filmmaking for such a small team, really valuing my Shudder account at that moment. And um, 
yeah, just absolutely delighted by the by the movie I'd just seen. Um, yeah, like if you oh, talked about Barbarian being a really accessible, yeah, re- if you talked about Barbarian being a really accessible horror movie for for anyone, the the bloody normies, I think Deadstream oh, is a great recommendation for. A horror fan that's just a bit bored of the no- of the normal yeah. stuff that's been uh, coming out. A, a bit bored of like fan footage as well. Yeah. Yeah. I I I found it absolutely delightful, um, and yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to you know see, you know we saw that team with that one probably my favourite section of the latest VHS movie. Um, yeah. You know they they bring a lot of things that I enjoy in my horror we have a little bit of humor but they don't back down on the scares um you know there's a physicality about some of that movie which has like bruce campbell evil dead levels of you know slapstick moving about and really frenetic kind of action which i really really enjoyed so yeah that's that's why it's so high for me um yeah there's my top 10 how about you ben A a new mention for number one well, no, my mention, my number, my pick for number one is Barbarian. Um, yeah, just because for all the reasons we discussed, and also like after we discussed it and Lucy had seen it at Fright Fest, I was a bit like, I kind of need to watch it because I feel like it was one of those which was getting a lot. I'm, I cannot believe I managed to avoid so much of it, considering all the people I follow on Twitter, like all the horror fans I follow on Twitter, mm-hmm. but everyone was not dropping any spoilers, which was nice, and everyone was really. Um, again, mixed mixed reviews on it initially. I was a bit like, okay, this is quite fascinating, but yeah, probably my favorite. Well, sorry, definitely my favorite horror movie of twenty twenty two, but probably one of my favorite like film going experiences of all genres, just based on how long it stayed with me as well. So yeah, I uh, I, I mean, I've got to recommend Barbarian if you're not seen it, but uh, yeah, that's my that's my number one. Brilliant. So we've got some honorable mentions, I guess. Let's not discuss the honorable mentions in as great detail as we did our top 10 let's kind of quickly feel about this bash them out quickly bash them out and and explain and i guess just explain briefly why they they didn't make the top 10 but also why they make your honorable mentions right do you want to go first ben and you want to round robin it or do you want to go through your list uh let's do a little just do a little round robin why not um, right. My first, my first choice on um, honorable mentions is Cult of VHS. I spoke to producer Aaron Truss about this movie, which was which we watched at Fright Fest, um, and I thought I'd include it in my honorable mentions. It's definitely in my top. I made a list of like top twenty five favorite movies of the year, and it and it does go into that. Um, I just think it's a really good um love letter to to vhs and vhs collectors not something i am but something i've become fascinated by and i love sort of old media as well so to see collectors of it is really fascinating and and you know me love a documentary you love um, a lot a lot a good it's not a long one it's not a lengthy it's a, one it's a, leg, it's a regular size one but i've included cotton vhs i've also included pennywise the story of it as another documentary um inclusion because i think that was that was great as well a lot of great behind the scenes stuff um yeah so if you're a horror fan and you kind of want to get some more behind the scenes content as well as your your movies cult of vhs and pennywise the story of it definitely worth worth a shout and i'll throw it out there as well i think if you haven't already heard it go and listen to the interview episode where ben talks to aaron and you really get the passion 
for the subject in the collection and come and listen to the episode if you haven't already this is where you're finding us for the first time um Aaron and Video Store Kev come and join us for a Night of the Creeps episode earlier this year. Probably yeah. one of my favourite recordings of the last year, a film I hadn't seen before, um, yeah. uh, and yeah. such great insights that they that they both had to it. And you could see the passion for that era in particular of horror movie. I think any bonus content we've done for any of the Fright Fest movies mentioned today are as well worth checking out as well if you want to find out more about the films. Uh, honorable mention for you, Andy. Um. A fairly recent watch, uh, a movie called Slashback. Uh, so it's presented as Slash, then an actual Slash, and then Back, directed by Nyla Inuksuk. Um, These aliens mess with the wrong girls. Remote Arctic community, a group of Inuit girls fight off an alien invasion while trying to make it to the coolest party in town. Oh, this wow. almost very, very narrowly, um, you know, if I hadn't miscounted how many films I'd already put in my top 10, this probably yeah. would have been in there. Um so it is in the UK. It's available on Shudder. So you can uh, watch yeah. it there already. Get the most out of that subscription. A young cast. It's funny. Oh, it's it's funny. It's really well. It's really well made. Um, it's a lot of fun. Again, shout out to the folks in Nightmare on Film Street. I think this might have been in John's top 10 uh, oh, this year. Yeah. It's how I found out uh, how I found out it existed. I probably watched it the same day i heard his i heard his top 10 and it oh, wow. very nearly cracked mine it was it's a good it's a good blast it's got some good horror comedy vibes to it and again yeah. a really young promising cast you already spoke about with examples like the black phone younger actors can sometimes make or break a movie um in this case they made it i really liked them and genuine dialogue for um genuine dialogue for having like the way that kids talk to each other there are some great bits where they don't have the punchiest lines they are just awkward teenagers standing around at a party yeah i i had a real blast with this movie amazing what's next on your honorable list so this movie i've had the same sort of problem i had with the menu where i was like oh do i really want to call it a horror now genres listed it does say horror however this is like a coming of age road movie with horror elements now part of me while we've been doing this list part of me is thinking i should have probably kept it in my list because if it is in my list it's number one oh but but if it's not in my list it's it's just an honorable mention so bones and all the movie starring taylor russell and timothy chalamet and mark rylance in a role which has to be seen to be believed i think mark rylance's performance in this um and basically, the two characters are cannibals. Cannibals exist in this world, in this road movie. Yeah. One, one's a drifter. The other one's kind of like running from her past. Um, and they've got this... It's, it almost feels like a vampire movie in a way, I guess, because they've got this like urge to eat people that they kind of need to satisfy. It's not like they can just do it for a bit and then pick it up later and then maybe give it up. I'm going to go cold turkey, for example. Can't mm. do that. Um, but yeah, just a really good, some really great performances, a really great human story, despite the fact that they're also cannibals. Um, and yeah, Mark Rylance with a performance of him, like a, a real, a character that kind of initially reminded me of Rose the Hat from okay. Dr. Sleep, 
but then as time went on, it kind of reminded me a little bit of Stanley Tucci in um, Lovely Bones. So, so yeah, part of me is thinking maybe I should have included it in 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 my top ten. But in terms of movies, this is my second favorite movie of the whole year, all genres. Wow. In terms of, but in terms of, like, Barbarian was my third. So, if I was going to include it in a horror list, it's my favorite. So, directed by Luca uh, Nino, who directed um, Call Me by Your Name, but also the Spiria remake. Okay. Um, which I think you probably would call a horror film. Um, I think. Where can I, I said, watch Bones and All? Uh, so Bones and All is available at the moment. I'm just trying to see where it's streaming. Actually, oh, it's definitely on. It's definitely on demand now. Um, so you can stream it at home on. I think it's on Hulu. Hulu. So wherever that, wherever that's streaming, you might need to get a. Um, your region may vary. Or... Your region may vary. Your region may vary, but bones and all, yeah. I mean, so in terms of the actress Taylor Russell, she's in the Escape Room movies, and you wouldn't watch it and think she's an amazing, amazing actress. Obviously, a very Good actress in Escape Room, very uh, uh, satisfactory performance, isn't that? Absolutely unbelievable performance in Bones and All, where and like it is genuinely. The more I describe it, the more I'm thinking it's a horror film. Genuinely gruesome in places where I am a bit like, oh Jesus, because it doesn't like it doesn't dress up the gore and doesn't dress up the violence in a way where it's supposed to be like, oh, so romantic. Because they're both cannibals and they also love each other. It doesn't dress it up in that way. It's kind of like really like something quite animal, animalistic about it. And that's why it kind of reminded me a bit of a vampire movie, despite okay. the fact it's not. But yeah, Bones and All, highly recommended. Um, yeah. Great. Um, my next honorable mention goes to uh Resurrection. Um so Rebecca Hall, Tim Roth, uh Oh, yeah. Maintain control. A woman's carefully constructed life is upended when an unwelcome shadow from her past returns, forcing her to confront the monster she's evaded for two decades. Again, loving relationship stuff this year. And after seeing her in a not a 2022 movie by any stretch of the imagination, The Deep House, mm. Rebecca Hall is an incredible actor. Yeah, she is so, so, such, such physical and pain performances. If you look, I'm going to talk about the Deep House rather than um, Resurrection now, but you've seen the Deep House, right? I think you saw it before I did. Um, yeah. yeah. The the delivery of a particular conversation she has at a parent-teacher conference when a when a parent's about to kick off because they didn't give her kid a good mark, and the yeah. power of the delivery on that one. There's another. There's a scene in Resurrection where someone asks what she's upset about, and she tells the story of the history of this past. She's such a strong actor in terms of delivering these things. Mm. And the film may be a little bit uh, heavy on the metaphors for for some, but it is, it's incredibly well done. It's incredibly dark um, content material. Let me see where it's available to watch right now. Amazon, iTunes, Google Play, Routkin, YouTube, you know, take your name, pick your poison. It's a great movie to watch. And again, it's the relationships and the toxicity of those relationships. Tim Roth is incredibly chilling and controlling Roth, yeah. as a character as well. Um, yeah, it, it was 
it was a really, really great movie. Again, if we were doing a top 20 this year, on there easy. Nice one. Um, okay, next one is uh, I've included. So I'm going to discuss a couple of Taiwanese movies. Oh, okay. Um, one is in another category, but this one is Incantation, which is on Netflix. Inspired by the true story of a family who believe they are possessed by spirits, this film follows a woman who will protect her child from a curse. Um, this film really takes its time to like allow the terror to, to grow, and it works wonders because when the scares start arriving, they're really, really effective. And it's just like unconventional but relentless. And in terms of like the atmosphere, it really does build um, this, an, an atmosphere with it really takes this time with certain story story elements as well in terms of um and again it's found footage so you do kind of think the same problems arise when you're watching a found footage movie why are you still filming with this you kind of, it kind of makes sense it has a reason for mm-hmm. it but obviously all those films try to frame it in a way like that but uh yeah really effective and there are probably two or three really good spine chilling moments um just and it was very it was weird as well you know and i kind of like i like the weird Made a little note of incantations. Add that to my list. Hell yeah. What's that? Uh, uh, have you got another one? Yeah, I've got another couple for you, Ben. I think, you know what, I'll, I'll rattle these off pretty quickly. Let me just um, go through. So the next one I'm going to give you is Moloch, uh, another Shudder film that you can catch over there. Oh, Family cool. history may haunt you forever. Uh, Beatrix lives at the edge of a peat bog in the north of the Netherlands when her, she and her family <laughs> are attacked by a random stranger one night. Beatrix seeks out to find an explanation. The more she digs, the more she becomes convinced that she's been haunted by something ancient. Um, yeah, sort of vibes of hereditary in this one. There's incredible hauntings. There's prophecies. There's some folk horror to it. Um, okay. Yeah, say, say no more. Probably one of the most affecting and scary movies I've I've watched this year. Some horrific imagery and some some of that all encompassing inevitability of some of the horrors that people that people face. Yeah. I'll add that to my list as well. Yeah. Um okay and for my final honorable mention is gonna be just because I want to include something a little bit different is Werewolf by Night. So I thought a Marvel kind of family-friendly horror that really takes homage from um, obviously classic Universal Monster movies. It's in black and white as well. And the inclusion of a certain character that I get, I think a lot of people have wanted to see on mm-hmm. in some sort of adaptation for a while. And the way he is used is, is fantastic. So, yeah, I think, yeah, just a really good... It's like an hour long as well, so it's kind of like a sort of special rather than, rather than a movie, I guess. But... Oh, I just wanted to include that as something a little bit different to to the other stuff we've talked about. Um, I will. That's great. Like I, I've not disagreed. Anything that I've seen that you've recommended, Ben, I would never disagree with. I think that's another great you can, choice. You can. No, I wouldn't say no. Nah, that's shit, mate. No, that's um, <laughs> Werewolf by Night was a great little pick for a little treat for Halloween. Um, yeah. Last couple for me. I tell you what, I'll do a two for. Um, Revealer, yeah, I had a lot of fun with, so that is, uh, I don't know if that's an synopsis up in front of me. Again, you can watch Revealer on Shudder. Basically, a woman who works works in a peep show booth ah, yeah, and yeah. a uh, fundamental like religious um, campaigner that campaigns against the peep show, uh, thrown together in an alliance <laughs> when there is uh, a rapture that goes on. Uh, it's by, by comic book writer. I will pull it up so I can actually credit them properly. Mm. Um, 
so yeah they i believe there is a comic book version luke boyce is the writer director of that one uh, tensions rise and stripper and religious protests are trapped together in a peep show booth and must come together to survive the apocalypse in 1980 chicago it's on shudder it's uh, low budget thrills it is i had a good time watching this and again another reason to have a really good time with that shudder subscription this year my yeah. other piece i couldn't go a year without mentioning a little bit of trauma uh, Eating oh, Miss Campbell, um, the new trauma movie. I did a review of this after I watched it. Anyone who tells you that lampshading your cliches um, doesn't excuse them uh, within your genre isn't using lampshades big enough. And this one has lampshades for days. Um, it's what you'd expect from a trauma movie. It pulls no punches. It is. It goes out of its way to be provocative or offensive in some levels. The gore is over the top. It is self-referential. Uh, Troma have their own streaming service that you can pick those up on if you don't want to pick them up physically. Um, I had a lot of fun with this. You never don't have fun with a Troma movie. There are, I imagine, all sorts of pockets of the world who for whom they are not the movies for them, um, you know, because they like your Jordan Peele levels of polish or, you know, to not touch on all of that subject material, but I had a I had a real good time with uh, with eating Miss Campbell, and that is Amazing. the end of my honourable mentions for and that's the end this of year chapter. Um, again, don't want to dwell on the negative, so we will rattle through these disappointments fairly quickly. And why? I'm just going to do them all in one go because I don't want to don't want to dwell. Anyway. Yeah, do it then. Well. Do it. Um, disappointments. I'm going to include. First of all, I'm going to go for Scream Five Cream. The reason being, mm-hmm. I was very, I I was very excited for this, and after I watched it, I think I was a bit like, ah, it was all right. Um, I barely remember anything about it, and I, even though I'm definitely looking forward to Scream Six, because they've kind of taken it in a completely, you know, put it in New York, which is great. I don't know Five Cream. Now I'm thinking back to it, I'm like, ah, oh, obviously a major character gets killed off. Um, a major character, some major characters that maybe should have been killed off don't get killed off because they get killed off by the bloody scriptwriters in the next one. Mm-hmm. Uh, not not officially, but you know, unofficially. I feel pretty disappointed about it. And the fact we're getting another one sort of like a year later, hopefully, is going to be redemption for that. In terms of big franchise movies, I kind of feel the same with Halloween Ends, even though I think I preferred it to Kills. I think overall, in terms of a finale for that particular arc of Michael Myers' story, disappointing. Also going to include Smile in that, because I think a lot of people like Smile. A lot of people seem to be giving it a lot of plaudits. People saying it's genuinely scary or unique or anything like that. Nope, didn't do it for me. For me, Um, I agree with you, Ben. Smile was, it gave away its best bit in its trailer. Trailer, like, Smile for me was killed by trailer makers. Killed by um, trailer makers. And killed probably, by trailer makers, and it was a dream too many times. The most by the numbers, uh, scary film of the year for me, I think. Um, also, the sadness. I've already mentioned a Taiwanese, mm-hmm. which was Taiwanese sadness. Mentioned a Taiwanese movie that get, did it for me in Incantation. The sadness, just really kind of mean spirited and nasty and horrible. And yeah, I, I kind of understand what it was going for, but no substance to it. Uh, disappointed in that, considering how interested i was after watching the trailer um and also orphan first kill yeah just no just don't like lena clamber and a big just a real dud dud for me the fact that it's clearly a woman who's been de-aged 
and it's supposed to be a prequel, just took me out of it completely. And the biggest disappointment for me of the whole year, Resident Evil TV show, didn't even make it past episode three. Oh, I know, you know what? that must have stung. And you know me, completionist. Well, you've got, got through it. you got through the animated series, right? And I gave up. I managed to fall asleep in the first animated episode. series Price. wasn't animated series wasn't great either. Um, after Welcome to Raccoon City last year, and now this TV show, it leaves me really thinking: What is next for Resident Evil? Is there going to be anything? The fact it's been cancelled already as well. Um, I don't know what to say about it. Apart, there's no point in me going into anything critically and trying to sort of make a make an argument for why it was so bad. It was just terrible, and I've seen clips of it of, from episodes I haven't seen. And I'm glad that I didn't finish it. And I know you finished it all. And, oh, uh, I'm a big, made... I'm a big, I'm a big defender you... of it. I like that it was different. Is this a is this a horror disagreement on the episode? Oh, I don't disagree so strongly that I wouldn't. I don't think that. Well, Ben, why don't you like this? I don't yeah, think it's. Yeah. I don't think it's brilliant TV. I there's a bit where is there a bit where yeah. someone's dancing to uh do a leaper song. There is some dancing. I don't know if it's to do a leaper, but my favorite is when one of the I mean, do you care about spoilers for... Hell no. Well, in that case, at one point, there are three Wesker clones around at the same time, and it's like called Albert, Bertie, and like Al or something like that. And the great quote from one of them is, I choose breadsticks, is one of my favorite lines for that. And there's there's some real madness to it. There's There's a couple of cool action scenes. I kind of like that they embraced on make in making it doing something a little different with it. I, I don't think it was perfect. I don't remember a lot of it. Now I've seen it a couple of weeks later, but there were some there were some cool ideas in that but in that can't forgive that it for the Zootopia porn line, right? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. I I, I, I forgive him for it. That's how people talk it's bodies, bodies, bodies over again. That's how the kids talk I, nowadays, I, Ben. I think I think. Yeah, but that's that's a perfect example. Bodies, bodies, bodies like a really sharp. That. Yeah. If somebody that's incredibly sharp. Whereas with Resident Evil was like what? What are these people saying? There's yeah. no way. It's, um, it's true. You and, can and, and you like, can pay out on that one, I think. I'm probably the worst audience for it because unfortunately, as a big fan of the friend, as a big fan of the games, I've got a very specific idea of what I want from Resident Evil. Um, I don't want to be that guy where I'm like, I won't know it till I see it. I kind of do know it. And I feel like it always takes aim in a different direction. And you know, I respect any filmmaker or any writer or creator who does that with an established franchise however so wide yeah. of the mark i think you can i think me. you can you can say it you know we're not going to dwell on the negatives too long but i think you can critique something and i don't think we've ever had the approach that we've said oh, it's because this filmmaker or anyone involved in yeah. the process is shit at their job apart from faceless companies when it's a studio interference thing <laughs> um yeah, it worked for some people. It didn't work for a, a lot of folks. I think my best argument and defense of the Resident Evil series I can give is that it was a great second series waiting to happen with the right hand on it. Don't give me a second series, you shit. <laughs> um, do you uh, want some? Do you want some disappointments from me, Ben? Yeah, go on. Like you, I think franchises really let us down uh, this year. Five Cream was fine. I think I enjoyed it being in the cinema. I enjoyed it at the time, but you're right. Like I don't remember a lot of it coming out, and I'm more excited for I'm more excited for six that they're doing a different approach with it and going to yeah, Big Apple, the Big Apple. 
Um, I think that Halloween had a fantastic culmination of the series and the send-off it deserved in 2018. And (laughs) then they made two more movies. Um, The majority of Halloween Ends, I found, was a completely different, perfectly interesting film, but it didn't need to be a Halloween. It wasn't really a Halloween movie until the last 15 minutes. And I think you could have ended it more satisfyingly where we already did in 2018, I think that, and again, talk about not slamming um, creators here. I genuinely think that is the hubris of studios saying, you did a really good job. Please do two more. And with the best will in the world, I think Mm. you've painted yourself into a corner. And I'm not sure you could have ever done anything as satisfying an ending as the one you already delivered. Um, Add into my disappointments as well, and not for the quality of the film. Hellraiser was really frustrating this year. I felt that by the time we got to see it in this country, because of them, let's say it, Ben, cocking about with distribution, the interest was gone for me. They released a Hellraiser movie like after Halloween. Like it, it was yeah. the timing was really awkward. We we wanted to do an episode on it, so I had to do all kinds of juggling with. VPNs and friends in it in friends in the US to let me use it so I could watch it so we could watch it in time. Mm. And that kind of admin just took me yeah. out I feel of like, the... I feel like after watching Hellraiser, it probably would have made my like honorable mentions, possibly. However, unfortunately, it's again, again it's another one of those which just hasn't stuck with me. And I think they could have gone a lot harder with the stuff that they really lost the yeah. experience hunting and the some of the depravity of some of the characters mm. having now watched in this very calendar year ben all the hell oh, yeah movies, of course they they lose it it's not bishop burying people in the garden and giving people hallucinations in um whichever the one yeah. about the video game was um yeah it's um yeah I, I was a little disappointed that i didn't take it further to be honest um yeah. But yeah, mostly disappointed for the um mostly disappointed for the thing. And I think this this goes hand in hand with this one. And again, I will say this with a meant with an immense amount of love and respect for the film rate for the filmmakers here. I watched both Terrifier movies this um this year. Oh my god, of and course, I think yeah. there is a film, you know, Terrifier Two is a twenty twenty two movie, long, long awaited. I think they've what they've done very successfully, and from everything I hear from you know, people <coughs> that we mutually know, fantastic, passionate filmmakers who have a great love for the genre and the uh, and, a, and a real desire to create an iconic character. I think they've done that. They've got a character that people have resonated with. But for me, the the film goes so far into delivering on all they can in gore and and really extreme visuals and it has an iconic visual character but the and some of the performances are great in there i think the physical you know the physical performances from the actor that portrays out the clown are really really good but it lacks a bit of cohesion it lacks a little bit of a deft touch on knowing when to cut these things the length of the film really brutalized me um you know like 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 the like the action scenes and i feel trying to get this into a mainstream audience as well i was like 
this is what this is what people who don't like horror assume that we're all sitting around and watching yeah, all the time. I kind of I kind of felt a little bit like that. Um, and I feel like no disrespect to any horror fans out there who like Terrifier and Terrifier Two, but this is my, me being judgmental. If somebody says, if I go, you like horror? Yes. What's your favorite horror film? And they say Terrifier. Part of me feels like, mm, uh, but is it? You know what but I mean? Yeah, like, I almost I, feel like I don't, I don't quite believe them because I feel like it's almost like because it's super, super gory and over the top and disgusting and depraved. People are like, "That's the best horror film out there," but I'm like, "But is it?" I don't know. Yeah, and it was, and it was, like I say, it was a bit long and disjointed for me. Like, and I, I'm all for kind of reveling in in the the visuals that you want to because it must be must have been incredibly fun you must be incredibly proud of those things that you created the gore effects are outstanding 100 percent. but but in the same way like if i want like it looks sometimes to shock in the same way as a guy getting his dick out on the bus might look to shock like not necessarily in a way that i that i felt like i could really enjoy because i don't know why (laughs) they're doing that uh, I can't like, enjoy this. No, Put like, me in a different scenario where I can enjoy a man getting his dick out. Yeah, not on the bus. Yeah, like it's just a bit like yeah, it was. <laughs> yeah, or or all the same ways. Like oh, I really like this ingredient, so I'm going to chop it up into my thing. But I've chopped it up so finely that I can't even recognize that anymore. Again, like, another sort of like I guess it was just like another mean spirited film. Like, I think it needed something plot wise, especially the first one which I feel like was very thin on the ground in terms of plot. It needed something. Like, in the first one, you don't even know who you're supposed to be rooting for. People are dying yeah. in front and centre. You think that's the... Which I think the second one does better because I think the final go- final girl, Lauren Lavera, is great. And I feel like the visual yeah. of her in, in her sort of costume is awesome. Yeah, I think I think there's, there's so much to enjoy about those films. So the, so the disappointment for me is more about that slightly less would have made it a greater film. Like, I think you could chop out half an hour, you could, if not slightly more, and just put some little deft touches, like, look at some of the films I've really enjoyed this year, put some of those contextual building of characters, keep a few people in it a little longer, um, and, and, and build them up, have a couple of people survive some encounters, or do do a little something i think with just a little bit of self-control they could make a fantastic movie and i know that the film creators are talking about wanting to make the third movie Mm. scary not gory necessarily probably still will be a gory film but like a scary movie yeah and i I think think that's the supernatural thing that kind of it hints hints to is a lot more interesting I think that's the final thing. The final metaphor for me on this one is the same problem I have with, you know, huge, it's not picking on the little guy in the indie creator, the same problem I have with Michael Myers at the end of Halloween Kills, Evil Dies Tonight, um, is I I kind of lose my grip on a film when the baddie just wins just because, oh, so you're invincible then, okay. Yeah, like you, you, like you've 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 won just because. Okay, so you've been, you've had a terrible injury done done to you, and it's not like they've crawled back for one thing. Oh, you've got up and you're fine, and yeah. you've and and you've just, oh, you've just won because this is inevitable. And yeah, 
I, I didn't have an explanation for it. So, like I say, not not a movie that was bad. I think it's made with incredible care and craft and a great passion for the genre by people who I hear are fantastic. But just it just wasn't for me for those for those reasons. And I was probably influenced by all the hype that was surrounding it uh, when I finally got to see it. Yeah. So those those are my disappointments. Um, new discoveries. So these are films that we'd never seen before, not films that came out in 2022, but films we discovered in 2022 that are probably favourites or we're gonna keep on the on the circulation uh, rotation. Sorry for for regular go. Again, I'm gonna rattle these off because they're all films that we covered on this podcast this year. Yeah, finally episodes with a variety of guests. So we've already mentioned it, Night of the Creeps. Um. With Aaron Truss and Video Store Kev. Loved that first watch. Really good fun. Yeah, Silver, loved it. Sil- Silver Bullet with our guest Janine Pipe. Another really good, fun film that I'm probably going to watch regularly. A great Stephen King adaptation as well. Um, the Rage, Carrie 2 uh, with Kim Morrison. Oh, yes. It's really, really unexpected. Like I've kind of just expected it to be like, ah, middle of the road is going to be all right. And it's not I thought really it was going to be actively bad, but I really enjoyed it. Um, a Nightmare on Elm Street, Free Dream Warriors, probably insane that this is the first time I've seen this film. However, it is probably my favourite of all of the Nightmare on Elm Street movies. Um, and what a great theme. And then also The Changeling, an episode I did this year with John Crinan. Um, really spooky, spooky ghost story. Um, really atmospheric. Loved it. All of those. Yeah, loved all those episodes. Other things I will mention. Um, haven't done episodes on them. At least one of them I think we should, but films I saw for the first time this year that I loved. Um, Turbo Kid. I'd say it's gory enough to be a horror movie. Loved it. Brilliant. Big Psycho Gorman energy. Um, Body Double, a great thriller. So good. Body Double was brilliant. Um, Little Monsters I saw for the first time this year. The Peter Nyong'o can do no wrong. It is such a fun movie and actually very sweet. Um, as well as being a movie full of loads of horrible, uh, loads of horrible zombies trying to get a school classroom for the kids, whether on a field trip to a lovely farm. And last, and I think uh, we you just mentioned former guest Janine who joined us for Silver Bullet. I've been trying to think of the next movie to invite her on. We talked about it this year, the movie that made me confirm that if people say that werewolves aren't the horniest monster, then you haven't seen. The Howling oh, 2, oh, colon, God, yeah. your sister is a werewolf, alternatively, Streber bitch. That movie, what a blast. Christopher Lee and his wraparound shades. What an absolute time. Um, yeah, great watches for the first time this year. Amazing. What a, what a list. Um, okay, and then well, we were going to mention TV and games, but to be fair, now I'm trying to review things. I've not. There've been a lot of horror TV this year, but I've not really watched that much. I am a film guy. I do prefer to just watch a movie, one and done. Sitting down and watching series, not for me. I do need to watch Cabinet of Curiosities. Um, I guess Stranger Things was Same. the big horror thing this year. Um, did I did see enjoy that? that. Yeah. Did did enjoy that? Um, did you also see Hundred and One Scary? What's I it called? The Shudder? Did watch that. The Shudder 101 scariest movie moments. It added so many films to my um to my watch list uh this year. 
um yeah really worth checking that out if you pick up a pick up a shutter account as you say ben stranger things was the big one for this year i really do want to watch wednesday i do really want to watch cabinet of curiosities i did catch up on chucky season one uh this year season two came out just about a month ago now not sure if it's wrapped yet it must be pretty close if it hasn't already um i will catch up on that as soon as i can but yeah horror movies have been where it's been at for me for most of this year the same is true of games as well right i have started callisto protocol i am currently playing the resident evil village dlc the memories of rose oh yeah i've I've got that too haven't played it yet but i've got it as well and i've got the Um, quarry to play I started the quarry and then I made the decision that I now regretted and it made me fall off it because I don't want to start it again. But I feel like like the kid uh. who was trying to get all of his toys out to play a game and then can't find one of them and then puts them all away again. <laughs> that might have yeah. just been me growing up. But like, um, I will finish the quarry because I was really enjoying it before I got one of the guys killed. Um, yeah. A game, a game for me, not released this year, but Carry On was the was the game that I really enjoyed. Got a platinum got a cheeky platinum trophy on it That's as well. Good movie. Um, good good game rather. Yeah, brilliant. Great game. Really, really enjoyed it. Like a short, probably six, seven hours, um, sort of platforming, puzzle based. You're a big scary uh tentacled monster a bit. You're like, like a the thing, aren't you? The only like problem thing, yeah. My only my only disappointment with all of Carrion is that it's called like a reverse Metroidvania, isn't it? Like but how it's a video game they didn't call it an eat em up is beyond me. An eat em up, exactly. Yeah. yeah, that would have been a great, great, yeah. But obviously, I think 2023 is the year for horror games. When we mentioned what we're looking forward to in 2023, there's loads on there. So, um, I guess should we should get into that. The yeah, what we're, look, what we're looking what forward, looking forward to, to. was roll straight into those games, Ben. Roll straight into the games. Uh, yeah, I'll rattle through these as well. So games that are coming out this year that I'm really looking forward to. Dead Space, the remake, is out at the end of this month. Can't wait. Everything I've, everything I've seen in that, can't wait. Perfect, a perfect game to give the remake treatment, as well as Resident Evil 4. Um, heard some rumors this week about certain sections that maybe get dropped from the game, but, you know, I'm, I have every faith in the, the team behind it because the Resident Evil 2 remake was pretty much perfect. Resident Evil 3 remake, maybe missed some things out, was a bit shorter than expected, but still a good time. I've played that more than once. Um, Alan Wake 2, which we've kind of, has been anticipated for a long, long time, but finally confirmed last year at some uh, E3, possibly. Just after then... the just after the back of um, the mysterious and almost unprompted release of re-release of the original, right? But yeah, I really can't wait for Alan Wake 2. Uh, I'll have to get Jen back on. Yeah, exactly, we will. And then, of course, all the Silent Hills. Silent Hill 2, as well as Silent Hill F, and uh, that was going to be a movie. Um, a VR thing, is that right? A VR thing? Did yeah, why not? Right VR, VR everything. Loads of stuff. So, Horror Games 2023, we're going to be eating good. And also, if you enjoyed Horror Game by the shape of The Last of Us in like a week, maybe just over a week, The Last of Us TV show will mm. arrive and i've heard the budget is astronomical pedro pascal um and what's her name bella ramsey is that her name yeah that's her name, that name that's no bella ramsey's her in game of thrones yeah right? yeah 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 yeah. of course apologies um but yeah i'm highly looking forward to that more than anything else like i don't know but with resident evil the tv show i was a bit like 
uh, what's it gonna be like? The Last of Us, you're gonna go. Surely, surely, it's yeah. gonna work. Especially yeah, with Pedro Pascal. High hopes for this one. Okay, um, so that's it in terms of games. In terms of films, I'll rattle these off as well, and you can add to them if you want. Obviously, Evil Dead Rise, we've already discussed at the top of the show. Yeah. Um, April, that's coming out. Looking forward to that. The, we've already mentioned this as well, the new Brandon Cronenberg movie, Infinity Pool. Yeah, I've done uh, my list. Scream 6, Ghostface in New York. Um, and then remakes of The Exorcist and Salem's Lot. Don't know if they're definitely coming out this year, but I'm pretty sure they're towards the end of the year. They should be out, I believe. Yeah. Nothing else to add to that, Ben. I think you've hit the the main points. I think we've said it a couple of times now. Like, I was a little bit burned on franchises this year. You know what? I will add one more thing to Anticipated. Go on. I can't wait for some more... Bearing in mind how how much of their picks featured in my top list this, this year. Can't wait to hit some festivals. Like, looking yeah. forward to the Fright Fest lineup. We'll talk about that in the news in the coming weeks. Um, Fright Fest Glasgow's lineup, if it's not out already, should be out very soon. So we'll we'll catch up on that. Then we'll have main Fright Fest. If I can pull off traveling to both and we can do Fright Fest in the summer as well, I'd like us to do it. Um, there are other film festivals that are, that are coming along as well that I want us to try and get to as many as we can and really see what people are, you mm. know... Um, one of the ones we talked about it before there's one called the gas horror film festival which is i think manchester way um a new one that they're looking to put together really focused on really diverse Mm -hmm. creators as well so we know we have a number of people that we know that are working on some films in the coming year as well um i think we'd also like to get to some conventions whether they're horror focused or podcast focused i think after attending Fort Bubble last year, which was obviously very comic focused. As creators, we decided that you know we should bring Horror Hangout on the road. So let's see when and where we can get to in the UK this year. Yeah, I'd love to do. Yeah, that's that's what I'm looking forward to this year. I think having had a year where we've engaged more with more independent stuff, more festival things, I'd love to do more of that this year. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's what I'm. That's what I'm excited for. We have some big franchise names that I naturally they have the history and they have the the marketing behind them to help us build hype for that but more so than anything if the last year has been anything to go by i'm excited to see what else new is gonna come out yeah that we've never seen before we always say it but what a time to be a horror fan uh awesome um if you enjoyed this episode please let us know what your favorite films of the year have been uh feel free to shout us and tell us we're silly for not including your favorite film or agree with us fully agree with everything we've said and done um but you know especially that like i literally you know criticism can go one way or another but i will take as many emails as you want to send that say absolutely nailed it with that lads spot on (laughs) exactly but at the end, but we are horror fans, you know, and we want the genre to to thrive. And whether that's big studio releases, independent creators, we want, yeah. or, or sort of like indie filmmakers, we want that the genre to keep thriving. So let's keep making it. Looking forward to this year. Um, thank you for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please become a patron over at patreon.com forward slash horror hangout. Thanks to our current patrons. 
John Crinan, Ben Scaife, Stephen Christopher, Laura Kendrick, Toby Miller, Lane Spencer, Ollie Child, Leslie Carlo, Julia Bilgren, Nick Spill, Troy Bush, and Pazuzu. Thanks to all of you. Thanks to Taj Easton for our theme music. Thanks to ACAST for hosting the show. Please consider giving us a rating or review and head over to the Facebook group Horror Hangout Board of Advisors for more. We're on all these social media platforms, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. Next week, uh, oh yeah, that's another thing. We've also confirmed the January lineup. So after this episode, we're going to be doing 30 Days of Night, a wintry, we're trying to think of like a wintry horror movie to do. And, you know, January sometimes feels like 30 Days of Night, does it not? It does. It does. 31 days in January, but that's all right. (laughs) Yeah, sorry. 31 Days of Night. Um, Yeah, and then after that, we're going to be doing Megan slash Mafregan. We're so returning... excited for Mithrigan. Mithrigan, t- returning guest, uh, Lucy as well, will be joining us for that. Um, and then finally, end of the month, a film that you've mentioned a few times on the show and you've been keen to cover, Deadly Friend, uh, with returning guest, Ed Harvey. Tell you what, Ben, if there's two things I associate with January, it's 31 days of night because it's winter and it's cold and robots. And robots, deadly friends. Two lots of robots. Yeah, robots double, it's, a, it's that, a robot double bill to finish this month. A robot double bill. You know, we don't just cover films at random. We do cover films with some, um, for some reason in relation to the wider world. And, you know, robots are terrifying. And also seasonal depression also is 31 days a night. 30 days a night. Yeah. But we'll have an extra one because it's January. We'll have an extra one for a laugh. Okay. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, Until next time, see you soon. See you soon, everyone. Bye. Oh, Ben, thanks for being a right horror dude. Oh, thank you for being a right horror dude as well, Andy. Sorry for forgetting you. That's all right. Thanks, everybody, for being right horror dudes. Bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.